Joe brought it home from the office. He gave it to Betty and one of his kids and to Betty's mother. But Betty's mother went back to California the next day. On her way to the airport, she gave it to a cab driver, a ticket agent, and one of the charming stewardesses. At school, Joe's kid gave it to some other kids. And Mrs. Merrill got it and gave it to her husband. In California, Betty's mother gave it to her best friend, Dottie. But Dottie had a heart condition and she died. But before she died, Dottie gave it to her girlfriend, the mailman, the paper boy, and the vet when she went to pick up her chihuahua. If a swine flu epidemic comes, this is how it could spread. You'll want to be protected, especially if you're elderly or chronically ill. Get a shot of protection. The swine flu shot. Let's say you're driving along the road with your family, and you're driving along, la la la, woo, and then all of a sudden there's a truck tire in the middle of the road, and you hit the brakes. Whoa, that was close. <laughs> now let's see what happens when you're driving with the other guy's brake pads. You're driving along, you're driving along, and all of a sudden the kids are yelling from the backseat, I gotta go to the bathroom, Daddy. Not now, damn it. Truck tire. I can't stop! Help! Help! There's a cliff! And your family's screaming, Oh my God, we're burning alive! No, I can't feel my legs! In comes a meat wagon! And the medic gets out and says, Oh my God! New guy's in the corner puking his guts out. All because you want to save a couple extra pennies. And <laughs> to me, it doesn't get out. Now. Do you validate? Now. Well, all right, then. It is five minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of five in this, the month of April, in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed, yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101 KUFO in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Thank you for coming by. It is uh, Wednesday, and welcome to Day 12. It is the Rick Emerson Show, an excursion into amusements of all varieties. My friends, my neighbors, mi amigos, mi compadres. My fellow travelers on the road of whimsy, uh, it is 503-228-4101. If you would like to join us today, 503-228-4101 uh, or 1-800-344-KUFO. If you are um, that guy who's listening to us in Rotterdam in the Netherlands this morning, and hello to you. It's uh, 503-228-4101. If you would like to weigh in with your comments, questions, clarifications, ruminations, ponderings, kvitches, kvitches, which sound like the same thing but are not. Uh, Greg Nibbler is standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along observations about anything this morning. So thank you for joining us. Uh, here's what's coming up today. CNN Radio correspondent Dick Uliano will be uh, joining us today. I don't really care that much about Arlen Specter. I just like things that make uh, life difficult for other people. And so he has excelled at that uh, in the last day or so. So hail to you, Arlen Specter. 
We'll talk uh, more about him. Because I guess it just means that there's going to be some sort of, end- I mean, like more gridlock than there was before. Just endless problems and face-offs and conflagrations of every variety. So we'll, uh, we'll talk to Adikuliano about that. Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com will be joining us today to talk about all that is new in the world of celebrity nudity. Uh, we'll talk to Spike from Spike and Mike's Sick and Twisted uh, Festival of Animation, uh, which is coming to town, I think, next week. I could be I could be wrong. You know, I'm making that up. That's a thing I just I pulled that out of one of my orifices just now. I don't really know when that's starting. I don't think it's starting now. I think it's Friday that it begins. Whatever. Anyway, Spike and, Twike, uh, Spike and Mike's Sick and Twisted Festival of Animation is coming. So Spike is in town. We're going to be talking uh, to him today as well. Uh, we'll also have a fantastic top five right here. The top five drug songs written by someone who has clearly never done a drug. Uh, and this is, and I'll give it just because this is your reward for listening early. This is because you are listening at the top of the show. I'll tip the hand a little bit. On this list will be just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in by Kenny Rogers in the first edition, which was the thing that sort of inspired this. So we were talking about this yesterday because the subject of Ruby Don't Take Your Love to Town came up, which then begat Kenny Rogers, which then begat Kenny Rogers in the first edition, and then working backward began, uh, begat that song. So coming up today, top five drug songs written by someone who has clearly never done a drug of any kind, of, uh, of any variety. Uh, well, all of that. Plus, we're going to be giving away another pair of tickets to see Brett Michaels May 6th at the Roseland. You'll also win passes for you and a guest to meet and greet Brett and the chance to join him on stage for the last song of the night, which is nothing but a good time. So that uh, is coming up uh, in today's show. We'll be giving away a pair of tickets to see Brett Michaels. It is uh, 503-228-4101. Also, Geek Watch coming up today. Hick Watch coming up today. Uh, We have a Britney Watch uh, and I think uh, we had that story about how the, the French president's wife had all of those uh, pictures of her humping it out with some guy stolen. Which sort of prompts the question why you would just leave all that stuff sitting around, but what do I know? I'm not the French president's uh, significant other. All right. We're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. Hello, how are you today? Good morning. I am doing well. How's life? How are things? Oh, good. I didn't sleep, like, 100% so well last night. Because, uh... So I, I took some aspirin before I went to bed last night, and I didn't have any water in my room, and I was too lazy to get up and do it. So I, I told me you just chewed the aspirin up. No, no. So I swallowed them, but I didn't realize that they stayed in my throat. Then I woke up at like twelve thirty in the middle of the night, and it was crazy. I felt like I was in this insane pain, and I felt like the pills like sitting right in the middle of my chest. And I basically had to get up and throw up in the middle of the night, which was awesome. Well, that's fit. It is awesome, Sarah. That's the only word to describe that. I hate throwing well, up so much. It everyone hates throwing up. No, it was awful. So awful. And I was in pain. And all I could sit there is be like, oh, I'm like, God is punishing me because we've been making fun of the swine flu. I'm like, maybe I have some weird form of the swine flu. So I'm unclear about this. So you, you said the aspirin made you, was it stuck in your throat? It was stuck like How many know, like halfway did down you my take? chest. Uh, just two. And so it, I'm trying to figure out, this is one of those things where my lack of knowledge about the human body really uh, comes to just bites us in the ass, because I don't understand. Okay, so your mouth is here, your stomach is, I guess, here in your stomach area, and then it's got to go from here to here, and so it just sort of, did you swallow them whole? Yeah. With no water? No water, but I'm just like, oh, I'm, you know, they'll work their way down. Yeah. So I swallowed them and then went right to bed. And then so they just sort of clung to the inside of your... No, and then uh, woke up exactly, like, exactly at midnight, and all of a sudden... Yeah, and I just couldn't breathe. I was having this, like, really weird chest pain. It still feels a little weird. How hard is it to get a glass of water? I mean, I presumably lazy. you had to get up and get the aspirin. I was exhausted. No, it was next to my bed. Oh, and I, I was see. exhausted, and I didn't want to get up, and I was already, like, tucked into bed, and I'm like, ah, 
this will work out. How long did you let the aspirin pain linger there in the middle of your windpipe or whatever until you decided to get up and take care of it? Oh, no, I, I was in like, I, I woke up like in like a midnight in You woke up in full pain. vomit mode. Yeah, in All full right. vomit mode. There was, was, no, there was no pausing to take care so of that. So that's just else. an amazing thing to wake up to in the middle of the night, especially when you know you have to wake up in like three hours. It's like a gastric uh, alarm clock of some kind. Oh, uh, no. I woke up in, out of a sound sleep and yelled 20 for some reason, and I don't know why. <laughs> That's fantastic. I don't so know. So we all had crazy night's sleep. <laughs> Wonderful. All right. What is, what is that movie, uh, uh, Bandits, with Billy Bob Thornton and Bruce Willis, which I think was filmed here, but there's that there's that moment where, and, and this has nothing to do with anything else in the rest of the film. There's, I don't think there's anything else in the movie that relates to this in any way, but if you're watching the movie Bandits, Billy Bob Thornton is sleeping, and I it, it just for no readily apparent reason, he just wakes up and he goes, Beavers and Ducks! Ah! All right, and then he just and then he just goes back to sleep, and that's it. Like so, Oregon teams, Beaver Snacks. But I think so. I think it's a little reference to the fact that they filmed that movie here. But I don't think they ever explicitly say that. Huh. I don't think they ever refer to it in the movie that it was sort of the sections of it took place in Oregon. Twenty. All right. I've been waking myself up lately during naps by just you know having that weird falling feeling. Right. And waking up and being like, bah! and like oh, no, I shaking myself awake all like constantly. Well, you and I are kind of uh weird because the, 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 not only are we both a little bit mental, but we're mental in exactly the same way. Mm-hmm. And that's a thing that I don't do when I'm going to sleep at night. Like if I'm just going to bed at you know at nine or ten o'clock or whatever it is, because I went to bed at I don't know, I guess around around ten thirty or something and, and slept all the way through the night, slept soundly, but if I try to nap in the middle of the day, about eight times out of ten, I will get I don't know, a few minutes into the nap, and then suddenly just, yeah! That's exactly what I do every time. I get, like, this weird twitch, and I'm like, ah! Which is just terrifying. And then the worst part about that is then you don't want to go back to sleep because you don't want to have it happen again. And so it becomes, like, this weird sort of somnambulistic shock collar. You're like, I don't want to fall asleep again because then if I, well, maybe I just... Yeah! And it's like somebody has just hooked you up to jumper cables. It doesn't make any sense because no. all of a sudden I'll like shoot up out of my bed and uh, I like have some weird twitching thing. So. All right. Well, the moral here, Sarah, is to keep a supply of fluids by your uh, by your bed. I suppose so. Honestly, that was so painful. It was in, like intensely painful. I couldn't believe that. And then I thought that you know I was feeling kind of sick, and uh, I thought that I had the swine flu. No, no, I don't think anybody really has the swine flu. I think the swine no, no, we can't make fun of it anymore. There are deaths. Mm-hmm. Really, deaths or death. 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 Oh, Multiple? Two. Just one so Just far. One? Well, the day's not over, I suppose. All right. Well, the, the first good... U.S., I should say. Did you hear that thing we played at the top of the show just now, which is the uh, swine flu PSA from uh, 1979? Excellent. Oh, I this guess... actually existed before? Yeah. yeah. No, it's... Uh, the, the... 76 also. Because huh. I guess Gerald Ford, of all people, was sort of on the uh, on the push to get rid of everybody. Yep, that get, was like, 76. Inoculated or va- vaccinated or immunized. Or... That was our bicentennial year. You know, those are three things that in my head all mean the same thing, but they probably don't mean the same thing in reality. Immunized, vaccinated, and uh, inoculated. Did you see the pictures of those huge needles that they were stabbing in people's <laughs> arms in 1976? No, I'd rather have swine. Flu. Was it the was it the great um, was it the the, the great uh, uh, sort of shot that they have where the guy's got his sleeve rolled up and he's trying to look masculine? And meanwhile, the doctor has a needle that's like 14 inches long. And yes. You're gonna feel a slight twinge here. Hold on. Anytime your doctor says that you're gonna feel anything that is slight, little, or a bit of. That means you're about to feel something massively unpleasant. That's like every time the dentist goes, this is the, the code word that my dentist uses. He says, now you're going to feel a little bit of a pinch here. And it, it, it's never a little bit of a pinch. It is always as though they are taking some sort of a garden hose made out of pointy metal and jamming it right into my gum line. All right. Well, that's fantastic. 
Um, so here's just final note on this. Being as OCD as you are, it surprises me that you would go anywhere without water nearby. Because, like, I can't go to bed without, like, I got my big, I got a, this water bottle here, but mm. I got a duplicate one of these at home. Well, to be fair, I had a water bottle next to my bed, but I had already drank all the water earlier. It's just uh, it's so I hard to get out so, of bed and yeah. refill the glass. Honestly, I was so tired. All, all I wanted to do was fall asleep. All right. Well, I'm just, just real quickly. You, I know, because you watched the game last night, which I, which I did not for reasons that we can yeah. get into later. I just my whole day, and it, not like I'm like a, and a they huge, won, yeah, they won. dragging it yeah. out to to game uh, what six? So game yes, six is tonight? that's tomorrow, which sucks because it's the Timbers game Houston. tomorrow. I'm sorry, sir. It's the Timbers game tomorrow. Uh, your lo- loyalties, so are, loyalties are gonna be ripped. Um, I don't really care about the. I, I'm a big Timbers fan. Like the Blazers are fine. I could. Watch it or not watch it's it. It's not like I'm a huge sports fan or anything, but I uh, fan. Uh, but I intended to watch it just because you know because it is what's happening in our fair city. What's well, like when I was flying back from Vegas on Sunday? Just everywhere you look, there were guys who were just staring down at their cell phones. They were watching it on you know they were getting it streamed to their BlackBerry or something, and just uh, and you. We had the fortune to be at a gate where it was a bunch of people going back to Portland, and then about three gates away was a bunch of people going back to Texas. So there was this sort of uh, uh, this sort of yin and yang of the cheering and the groans going up and down, like as oh. the, as the game is sort of uh, unspooled. So I meant to watch it last night, and then I didn't get a chance. So I don't know, maybe uh, so maybe tomorrow. It was pretty fun. I watched it at a bar, and everyone was just you know completely insane, and um, like screaming at each other and at the TV and everything. It was it was interesting. It's it's a weird. Social experiment. It is to watch an odd dynamic. Yeah. Well, and having lived in Utah for so many years, where just like every season, you would get this thing where the Jazz would get just close enough to get everybody's hopes up, and then they would just snuff it spectacularly because that's what the Jazz do. I mean, just every single they would just just to where like the, either the playoffs or the championship would be in reach, and then Carl Malone would find a way to bungle it somehow. So him and Stockton would sort of team up to put the whole thing in the tank, which was always deeply satisfying for me. Uh, it is uh, 503-228-4101. Ladies and gentlemen, at the news desk, it is your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. I have so much to tell you about, I don't know where to start first. The Blazers beat Houston forcing game six. That'll be tomorrow night. The government is confirming the first U.S. death from the swine flu. It's a 23-month-old child in Texas. Then... Locally, there's so much stuff to tell you about. First of all, this uh, Washington story. A Washington man is arrested for posting an ad on Seattle Craigslist looking for a woman that he could have sex with and then kill after he was done. The ad was entitled A Strange Desire. It was posted in Casual Encounters. That's truth in advertising. And he said, serious inquiries only, please. <laughs> no casual killing fans, please. Mm-mm. So uh, one of the serious inquiries, of course, was the undercover vice squad. Uh, the 24-year-old suspect indicated that he posted the ad looking for someone he wanted to kill. But he was also willing to kill an unsuspected person. He also suggested he be paid to murder someone. That's, that's mighty Christian. So I have sex with me, but pay for it, <laughs> and then I'm going to murder you. So after several days and 30 emails, the suspect and detective agreed to meet in a Seattle motel, their final resting place. But only after doubling his price with the murder to two thousand dollars. Who? This is weird, isn't it? Uh, who was paying who? Well, the undercover agent agreed to pay the price for his own murder for two thousand dollars. Originally, it was a thousand dollars, which that, is a bargain basement price a for a Craigslist murder. Is that a thing that you really have to uh, that you really have to pay for if you're living in Seattle? Because Seattle is just a hop, skip, and a jump from Tacoma, mm-hmm. where it seems like murder comes pretty cheaply. Right. 
So the suspect describes what sexual acts he wanted to perform with the female and alluded to how he would kill her. On Monday morning, the detective and the suspect finalized the would-be murder. Detectives take down a motel in Seattle and arrested the suspect after he knocked down the door of the room. Police found a length of heavy chain and knife on him. Heavy chain on him? Uh, consistent of how he described that he wanted to commit the murder. And uh, that's that. The suspect appeared in court yesterday. He's booked in King County Jail on attempted murder charges. The man's name hasn't been released for some reason. It does seem like that ought to be posted in something other than the casual encounters section. Yeah. I would say once you've agreed to, you know, have relations with someone and then, you know, chain them to death, that probably is no longer casual. I would say that's a fairly serious encounter, but that's just my perspective on it. Then there's the Portland Craigslist stalker. This is the first time I've heard of this one. He's Ronald Lustico. He's 54. He's been sentenced to 25 years. Who's stalking women on Craigslist in Portland. Uh, let's see. Uh, this woman uh, claims that uh, this fellow would prey on women with the listings on erotic services. He would then invite them to his home, and then things would turn terribly violent. One of the women asked him if she could perform a dance, and then he snapped. He thought he was uh, going to get a sexual act, and when he didn't, he got violent. He choked the girls. One of the girls ran out of this home completely naked. Then he pretended he... Oh, no, I'm not going to say that part. Uh, neighbor said he was strange and noticed that the girls were visiting him at all hours. They were young in their 20s. A detective testified against this guy in court. Not just teenagers, but there were four victims in all. They were angry and safe for the entire trial. Uh, so now he gets 25 years. So that's the Portland Craigslist Wait, stalker. So now, is this stuff that has always been happening? We just haven't really talked about it because we haven't had the Craigslist uh, guy back east to sort of put this in everybody's brain? Right. All right. Well, it does seem like Craigslist in some ways is a uh, large electronic flea market for the weird. Right. I mean, not that there's any, you know, not that there's not any. It's a shopping of... mall of murder, really. <laughs> it's a mall of mayhem, Tim. I mean, there's any number of things you can do on Craigslist that I'm sure are very, I mean, look, I, I mean, I bought a whole bunch of stuff on there. My wife, my wife did this thing um, a while back where she was just trying to clean some crap out of our garage. Mm -hmm. And so she put up like a whole, I think she, I think she made like three batches of cookies or something. And she put up some matches like, come haul crap from our garage. By the way, I'll give you some cookies. And I'll be damned if the whole caravan of people didn't show up all Saturday long just to come and take things away from our garage. Uh, and then, but every without fail, every single one of them would go. And where are my cookies, please? And she would say, "Here you go." And she and that was like the whole way that we could get people to come and just sort of root around in our, our crap and just sort of take stuff that they might use or they might. Because like, what are you really going to do with like? What are you going to do with like an ancient futon that has a water stain on it? I mean, there's just like at no point was that ever going to be anything. Like you can't sell that. The resale value of like a crusty ass futon is just approaching zero. Mm -hmm. So. But by the same token, it's like, you know, I, I don't even know where you take that at this point. Like, I don't know if there's a dump or a landfill or a big hole in the Salvation ground somewhere. Salvation Army will come pick it up. I'm sorry? Salvation, Salvation Army will come pick it up. Is that true? Yeah. So if you just, so is that it's like. It's a 1-800 number. Now, is that like housing stuff only or will they come take anything away? Pretty much anything. Furniture. They'll uh, come pick up furniture. So if I had like, because I had like this broken ass uh, stereo system that I hadn't used forever. Just it, no, you got to drop that off. All right. See, but when, but just it, big furniture. But is there a place? Like, is there some all-purpose dumping ground in Portland where I can just take stuff I don't want anymore? St. John's. <laughs> just well, there's, there's actually the dump. No, but <laughs> there is a dump. Okay, the dump but, is great. They'll take anything. But where is the dump? The dump is on uh, Highway 30. You know where that that ugly looking haunted house is. And you go through the no. industrial area? No. Go up Highway 30. Wait, an actual haunted house? It looks like a haunted house. It was the old Portland Coal Company in the 1930s, and it looks like the Munsters' house. It's a perfect place to film a horror movie. 
Anyway, it's off limits. You can't miss the building. You've seen pictures of it before. Oh, is it the one right near uh, the St. John's Bridge? Yes. Okay, I know exactly what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's in that same area. That's right. where the dump is. Okay. And, and they'll so, take anything. And this is a sanctioned city dump. This isn't just like... Uh, this, is the, this is a sanctioned dump, and they have different lanes for different things. It's not just some like, like ditch in St. Like, John's where we've decided we can place all of our crap. No, piles of couches here, piles of uh, chairs here. Fantastic. It's really right. incredible. Uh, so anyway, yeah, so so Craigslist is... You know, my wife just went on there, and she placed this ad, and the, the people sort of showed up, and the, everything was, you know, by the end of the day, everything was gone. So it's uh, it's not just for murderers and, you know, guys who want to chain you up and then beat you I'd in the face. I'd be freaked out to put my address on Craigslist and be like, come to my house. I don't think she put the address up. I mean, she put... I, she, I think she gave, like, her phone number or her email or something, and then she would talk to people. Yeah, and, a and, picture of her pretty legs. Yeah. That's all it took. <laughs> and the yummy cookies. Here's a picture of the backs of my calves. Would you like to come to my house and pick some things up? No, I've used it before to rent my house, and I got much better response than I would from the Oregonian or Willamette Week, which I love both publications, mind you. And they do have their purpose in life. I don't, it can be dangerous. My friend no, was one. selling a motorcycle, and um, somebody came over to check it out. And it was a guy uh, who's in, uh, I, I don't remember, some motorcycle gang. And he, he came and looked, looked at my friend's bike. He's like, so I'm going to be taking this now. And he's like, what? And he's like, um, I'm going to take this from you now, or me and my friends are going to come back here and take it forcibly from you later on today. I'm going to take this from you, or I'll make you cry like a small girl. Seriously. Well, it, it, it's made LA-style crime available to everyone everywhere now. It's the great equalizer, mm-hmm. Tim. Uh, you know, but you know, Craigslist cannot provide funky Winker Bean comics every morning. So you that are correct true. when you say that the print media still has its place. Yes, it is. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley at the news desk. So now the uh, Oregon House wants to ban you from using a cell phone while driving, and they will fine you $90. A cell phone, a period, or just a handheld? A handheld cell phone. Well, how many different kinds are there? Well, you could be on a, oh, you I could, see, yeah. one of those handheld. jackasses on a Bluetooth. Boy, yeah. can I just tell you this? When I was uh, flying back on Sunday on the plane, and just some dick on the plane who has the, the you know, the, the Bluetooth thing stuck on his ear. Mm. It's one thing if you're, like, you're a business guy, you're out around. First of all, I know you're not uh, on business because you're coming back from Vegas and you're wearing, like, a big flowery shirt and dolphin shorts. So uh, it's not like you were there closing up some 500, uh, you know, some Fortune 500 company deal or whatever. So he's uh, if you're walking around or if you are engaged in some sort of commerce-based activity, that's one thing. But much as when you get on the plane and clearly, uh, you know, you're not allowed uh, to use it, you can't have the thing turned on anyway, and he's just got it stuck on his ear, which... I mean, I guess you could make the the argument that perhaps he forgot it was there, but I don't buy that because clearly you have to take it off when you go through the metal detector in the airport. Like when you go through airport security, they don't just let you leave like some big Borg thing on the side of your head. So obviously he realized he was wearing it and he made the conscious decision to put the Bluetooth thing back on the side of his head and then wear it onto the plane so I can know like what a player he is. So he'll end up with cancer anyway. I hope so, Tim. I hope he ends up with cancer in the exact shape of the Bluetooth thing and it's right in the frontal lobe where they can't get at it. That's a, but so you can drive with one of those, but they want to make, because in Washington, you already can't drive if you've got the handheld cell phone, right? Correct. Mm. All right. Because remember, the government always knows what is best for you. Always, all the time. Did you know that Michael Douglas is planning to do Wall Street 2? Probably going to do a Wall Street 2 maybe towards the end of the summer. Uh, But it's probably about a a week away from really kind of announcing it with the elements coming together. Is that Wall Street T-O-O or the numeral 2? Who was that we were just... (laughs) Michael Douglas. That wasn't Michael Douglas. Dancing in some sexy nightclub. That was not Michael Douglas. That was totally Michael Douglas. Play that again, please. All right. Hang on a minute. Michael Douglas. Probably going to do a Wall Street 2 um, maybe towards the end of the summer. Uh, but it's probably about a, a week away from really kind of that is not Michael the Douglas. elements coming together. First of all, whoever that is sounds like he's about 25. That's My- true. He does sound kind of drunk. Uh, is it possible that that's Oliver Stone? But that's not Oliver Stone either. Oliver Stone has a much deeper voice. 
Delicious Audio says it's Michael Douglas. It's not Michael Douglas. That's a lie. You have been you've been sold a bill of goods, Tim. They are peddling a falsehood to you. It doesn't matter. Please play. It, it matters a great deal. Play this one more time, only because I because I have a sense of completion. Here. Probably going to do a Wall Street two, um, maybe towards the end of the summer, uh, but it's probably about a, a week away from really kind of announcing it with the elements coming together. Maybe he went to one of those helium bars. Yeah, no, it sounds like a drunk Michael Douglas. I would give him that. It doesn't sound anything like any version of Michael Douglas ever. There's no iteration of Michael Douglas's uh, life on this planet in which he sounded like that. It sounded like the American president, Michael Douglas. I have. OK, you sons of bitches. I have the American president, Michael Douglas, right here. Um, let's see. Hold on a second. I have. Uh, let's see. Speeches. American president. All right. Now, uh, part of this is going to be uh, Michael J. Fox. But I'm fairly. I have a Michael J. Fox soundbite after that, as a matter of fact. <laughs> I think you could probably tell Michael J. Fox apart from most people at this point. Uh, let's see here. Um, I think that this poll brings so a Michael, problem in specific relief. Whose problem are we talking about, Lewis? Yours? You worried about losing your job? Because this poll isn't talking about my presidency. This poll is talking about my life. So that's Michael Douglas. Now play, play this soundbite that you had that purports to be that same person. Probably going to do a Wall Street 2 um, maybe towards the end of the summer. Uh, but it's probably about a, a week away from really kind of announcing it with the elements coming together. Is that Michael J. Douglas? A combination of it does. Michael J. Fox and Michael Douglas. <laughs> I mean, Michael uh, J. Drunken Douglas. Unless he's had some weird uh, sort of auditory plastic surgery where he's had his vocal cords uh, I don't know, lengthened or, or something. So, well, it's, it's a mystery. Uh, in any event, it is 503-228-4101. Straight ahead, more news from Tim Riley. Uh, also, CNN Radio correspondent Dick Juliano will join us later on in the show to talk about uh, Arlen Specter and all that is happening in the world of current events. Uh, we'll talk to Spike from Spike and Mike's Sick and Twisted Festival of Animation and Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. The Rick Emerson Show continues next on Rock 101 KUFO. Don't go anywhere. Emerson Show, it's Rock 101 KUFO. Good morning, it is Wednesday. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Coming up later on today, CNN Radio correspondent Dick Uliano will be uh, joining us. We'll also talk to Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com, and we'll have the top five drug songs clearly written by someone who has never, ever, 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 ever done any drugs. Uh, we have a, a Hick Watch coming up as well, Geek Watch, Britney Watch, and so forth. Tim Riley is tracking the following headlines on this Wednesday morning. What a mess. Two Northwest Airlines employees at PDX admit to stealing 200 items, if not more, from passengers' luggage and then selling them on eBay. PSU's rowing crew is credited for fishing a drowning woman out of the Willamette. The U of O's Frisbee team is disgraced following an unfortunate incident involving drinking and nudity. Well, that's fantastic. Wait, what team is this? Uh, this is U, U of O's Frisbee team. All right. Uh, so these are A, it's a Frisbee team. Yes. Is this an officially sanctioned Frisbee yes, team it or is. is this sort of mm -hmm. a... Uh, it is a uh, well-known Frisbee team. I got... Really? Yes. I got three things to say about this. One, when is it that Frisbee golf became an acceptable sport for grown men to participate in as though it was an actual athletic activity? Uh, oh, I dated someone who played it and they call it Falf. Really? Did yes. you call him douche? Yes. That's, <laughs> hey, that's great. Why don't you go do that and I'll be uh, over here moving all my things out of your apartment. All right, thanks. Uh, so th that uh, B... These are college students, so it's only uh, it's only unfortunate for them. If it involves nudity and alcohol, then it is entirely fortunate for the rest of us. And C, 
I had some third thing. See, blah, 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 frisbee team. That I seems- like playing frisbee, though. Like, not frisbee golf, but frisbee in general is fun. I, well, but here's the thing about that is that seems quintessentially, this is what my father would call a quintessentially Californian thing, whether it is or not. The idea that there is, in fact, a frisbee team. That is the sort of thing that he would ascribe to uh, the uh, left coast uh, mindset. That uh, it sort of it screams that. Hey, real quickly, back in the thing about uh, PDX. So was it like the security uh, folks? Was this like the TSA people or the luggage handlers the, themselves? The luggage handlers. Uh, let's see. Upstairs in one uh, bedroom, it looked like a high-scale market where police recovered 20 designer handbags, 28 other purses, 15 digital cameras, four video cameras, decon camera with telephoto lens, a complete uh, Wii system, five Nintendos, two Playstations, two iPods, a GPS system, a portable DVD player, an MP3 player, three portable CD... How much time do we have? I, I mean, I, we, we got three and a half hours left. I guess my question is... How would uh, how would it only be discovered when they were selling this stuff on on eBay? If I was missing something, I'd be mad one, and reported. One like, of these guys didn't get their cut and reported the rest of the game. Well, that's not really. But my question is, is what Sarah just said. So if you would like, I had a Nintendo Wii when I got on the plane. Now I'm getting off the plane at my destination, and there is no Nintendo Wii. Oh, oh well, that's the sort of thing that would come to your attention if you were a passenger. I would think. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you would discover that there was an abject lack of like you know your stuff in the bag. Uh, let's see. Investigators became aware of the thefts and complained to Northwest Airlines management last summer, but no action was taken. Hey, do, do you suppose that this, and I'm not saying this is the case, I'm just saying, have you considered the possibility that maybe this story has been uh, given to the Oregonian by the fine people at Craigslist who are tired of seeing their site being uh, uh, depicted in the media as just a place for murderers to meet their intended victims? That's true, because this involves eBay. Well, and uh, I would think that eBay, see, I'm not trying to give advice to potential thieves, although we do seem to do that uh, with astonishing regularity on the show. It seems like if you were going to be peddling stolen merchandise, eBay is not the place to do it. Because on eBay, you got to register. Think so. Yeah, but I mean, you got to put in like your address, and don't you have to have like a, a yes. the whole profile with your credit card or something? Mm-hmm. Whereas on Craigslist, it could just you know you just come you know the twenty five dollars OBO, and then some guy that uh, comes by the vacant lot where you're standing with all your crap on a card table. It's just sort of uh, selling it as the day goes on. Oh, maybe and- they used like an ironic screen name like uh, Airport Thief. <laughs> yes, I mean. Exactly what they did. Five three eight five. Hey, <laughs> just hey, back on the the back on the airport thing for a second. So, I I think this is what this is April. So April, May, June, July. So in the latter half of June or early July, I think I get to go back to lovely Provo, Utah, which means I will get to walk through one of those machines that will scan your junk. Uh, when you walk through, and it'll show all the contours of your body. But if you did something to surprise them and got one of those. Uh, Male devices and put it inside that area and really startle them. A male device. Yes, that's elongated. <laughs> the best part is how you, um, right as you said elongated, you depicted it by holding your hands about 12 inches apart. Um, which, and I appreciate that. The, uh, I don't know what we're talking about, but that's okay. It's probably just as well. I'm going to make this one final observation about the airport. I forget who it was a long time ago. Somebody that might have been somebody on our show, might have been somebody elsewhere. There's somebody who at one point was sort of making the point that your trash always seems to be picked up at around six in the morning, you know, and so you get like the really, like the loud, well, I'm saying, but like for me, like the garbage truck is always coming by and the guys are coming and they're picking up the trash cans and it's making this unholy loud banging and clanging noise and there's the weird beeping. And yet your mail always seems to be delivered at about two in the afternoon. And it's not like everybody can get their mail at 2 p.m. I mean, clearly those guys start their route somewhere, and then they end their route somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so th- the point was made that somewhere in this world, there is a guy who gets his mail at like 8.59 in the morning and whose trash doesn't have to be picked up until like 3 p.m. And you're never that guy, though. I mean, you're never the lucky one who gets that position on the route. 
Here's my thing at the airport. Has anybody here ever taken a flight where you were not at a gate that was like a mile and a half uh, down uh, in the terminal? Every single time I fly, I look at my thing and I go, and it's not because I'm just sticking to one airline all the time either. Is Laura and I were flying to Vegas, flying back to Vegas on not not one, not two, but three different airlines we had to use because we had to change flights at one point. So I'm looking at my thing and it's just, you know, you're boarding at gate C-72. And gate C-72 is always, I mean, God help you if you're at, um, I think this is at, uh, I think this is at LAX now where they've actually taken part of the airport and they've created like a whole separate, it's like a temporary wing where it's like, it, it's just like a bunch of weird canvas uh, tenting being held up with popsicle sticks. I mean, because they've had to expand the airport beyond its actual blueprint, you know, beyond the floor plan. You have never, and you're passing all of these gates on the way to your gate, which is always 500 miles that direction. And you wonder to yourself, like, who are these people that are at the gates that are, like, right here, right past the security thing? Yeah, I always get the one, you know, I pass these glamorous doors, tons of places to eat. Then I get to my gate, nothing for sale but a crumbled up bag of potato chips. Exactly. And the electric outlet doesn't work, so I can't plug in my laptop. And then, well, never mind. Never mind. I'll hold myself back. Airlines are uh, airlines are a thing about uh, about which I have much to say. It is at 503-228-4101. Later on today, we're going to be giving away a pair of tickets to see this guy right here, Brett Michaels at the Roseland, May 6th. Stay tuned for details. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. In ADHD. He treated me like a dirty whore. Hey, free sex! The Rick Emerson Show returns. Wait a minute. So am I the one, uh... Am I the one saying free sex there in that rejoin? You're the one always saying everything ridiculous. No, that's not true. It isn't me. That's not true. Tim is the one... There's a, reli- a rejoin line of the play yesterday where Tim is talking about impregnating a dragon. That was most demonstrably Tim and not myself. And uh, didn't you have one that said Nazis have boobs, too? Well, that's just true, though, Sarah. And, you know, also true is your statement that you ought not to share blood with a hooker. Well, this is true. It's uh, 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. At the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Wow, lots of nasty economic news. Vestas. Those are the people who make those uh, giant fans. They laid off 1,900 in Northern Europe. Now, they had hoped to break ground on its $250 million headquarters here. This side. They're going to build a new plant here. What giant fans? Those giant fans. That, uh, <laughs> that make oh, those power. giant fans. Those Thanks giant so much. Fans. I appreciate the clarification. on the hillside, they uh, generate you mean, power. Do you, mean, do you mean windmills or whatever? Yes, or wind? giant windmills. The, the Wait a minute, wind, but it's not a windmill because a windmill wind is a, turbines. But I don't think. Okay, I don't think turbine. it's a. I don't think it's a turbine. I think that well, the turbine is the actual uh, sort of engine thing that, that is sort of down at the base mm-hmm. that creates the electricity. Yes. Are those just called? Are they called fans? I thought a fan was a thing that created the breeze, not that was turned by the breeze. Well, you need the turbine to turn the hands of the fan. No, none of the, But see, that's not true. I thought the wind turned the hands of the fan. But it keeps them going. It, it generates power. If if the fan hands keep on turning and don't go anywhere, then it's useless. This is boy, a very boy, we're dumb. 
I uh, so the thing on the front of an airplane isn't a fan. That's a <laughs> propeller. It so cool how, a bird. So how can the so how can the thing that's at the top? But it's on a windmill because a windmill is a thing that takes the wind. And just as the name would imply, it, it isn't the windmill it? power. Well, the, no, but isn't a windmill the thing that it uh, it is used for agricultural purposes? In other words, doesn't a windmill? Uh, didn't they use it to to mill like a grain or wheat or something? It was used to process and crush wheat. I believe so. Yes. Okay. Here's the thing. I'm totally making that up, but maybe I'm not. I think I might know that. I think I might. Th- I might I have actual knowledge with it. Why would it be called a windmill? What would it be milling otherwise? It's milling grain? wind. Grain. Okay, well that doesn't make any. All right, well whatever. Anyway, well, they don't have them anymore. So they make those don't big. Have to worry about it. They make those big uh, white uh, fan things that are on the hill in the gorge. Yeah. All right. Well, they were going to hire eight hundred fifty white collar workers to their existing workforce of three fifty, but they're what white collar workers do you possibly? What are you going door to door to sell? The, uh, pardon me, Mrs. Uh, Mr. Schlarp. Can I interest you in a giant? Can I interest you in a seventy-five story fan to go in your backyard? No. Well, when will the mister uh, be home? I'll uh, I'll talk to him. Okay, thanks so much. I'll be back later. What white-collar jobs would you possibly need there? It seems like you're either selling... You go to the state and you say, I got these uh, fans. Uh, gorge. Yes? No. Hmm? Well, somebody uh, has to keep track of the fan parts. Well, I suppose. All right. Where are those fans made? Are they made here? Are they just sort of shipped over on a boat somewhere? Mostly in Northern Europe. All right. Yeah. So, so they're not even manufactured. Here's a question. Then, if they're made in Europe... I mean, what are they doing here? Uh, in other words, uh, like, what is the? Why do those? Why do those exist here if it's a European operation? I mean, are they, we, they is wanna, it Oregon paying wanna, for those? They want to sell those giant fans here. They they have the belief that there'll be a demand for their product. But does the state of Oregon pay for those fans? If the state of Oregon buys them, but I would think that PGE, which is a private company would be buying them. So when I drive through the gorge and there's that whole, uh, like if you were driving, uh, uh, whatever, that north through the gorge, like if you're going to Washington, and there's that section about halfway through the gorge where you look up in the hill and there's that big acre of big white windmill fan things. So do those belong to the state or do those belong to the power company? That's a good question. I'm not sure about that. All I know is that the people are always uh, screaming about the fact that apparently bats fly right into them and that ends badly for uh, for the bat. I never traveled that far on the east side. All right, here's Tim Rodney. So GM is going to close 1,000 to 1,200 dealers that underperform, which would probably be most of them. Uh, WAMU is filing a complaint against J.P. Morgan. They said they're missing about $4 billion. They want to know what they did with the money. It was just here. Mm. And by the way, I went into one of those, what used to be the Wells Fargo in my neighborhood, and if the banks are so poor, why are they redesigning the inside of these banks? Why do we need it? Why are they under construction? Have you thought about asking them a series of probing questions on that matter? Yes, I did, but they wanted to hold me up and offer me another credit card that I didn't want. <laughs> Why are you do- so annoying? Why are you doing all this reconstruction? I don't know, sir. Would you like a $75,000 line of credit? Very good, sir. Have a mint. At only 23% interest. So uh, those are all the things to be afraid of today. Meanwhile, the rowing team of PSU is being hailed as heroes for saving a woman from the cold waters of the Willamette. The crew was training... When uh, one of the rowers spotted a woman clinging to the East Bank Esplanade under the Burnside Bridge. She was probably screaming, help, help, help. Three boats rushed to her rescue. While the coaches in a motorized boat arrived and pulled her to safety, they took the woman to a local fire station to get her in the hands of paramedics. What does that mean? Before heading back to the river to finish your practice. Well, how would you get into the, I mean, was there any explanation as to how she came to be there? It isn't. All right. She was just sort of just bobbing along, just floating there like a fleshy log, and then they came and fished her out. Mm-hmm. And the stories like that, you would think that they understand on some level 
sort of the details that the human mind hungers for when we're hearing news stories of this nature. All right, straight ahead, CNN Radio correspondent Dick Giuliano and more from the news desk with Tim Riley. Later on, we will talk to Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com and we'll have the top five drug songs written by someone who's clearly never done drugs of any kind. It is 503-228-4101. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Stay there. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It is Wednesday morning and good morning to you. It's 503-228-4101. Are you still suffering like a weird uh, throat pain from your stuck aspirin? I still feel a little bit of pain. Like, not in my throat. It's like right in my chest. And is this because... So you... Was it one aspirin or two and did you... I mean, you don't break them up or anything. Like, you just swallow them whole? No, it was two. Right. Yeah, but they were like the, you know, the coated ones. Oh, I see. Well, that's, but the big lie on those is that, you know, you can swallow them easily, even without water, which isn't true. That's what I thought. I mean, it's like swallowing a, swallowing a dry aspirin, which I used to do when I was a kid. That is, it is sort of the medicinal equivalent of the light on the, on the, uh, you know, like the, um, the lamppost or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, during the wintertime, because it just goes, and it immediately lodges itself on the inside of your whatever that it is. It didn't. I took it like two hours before, and it finally woke me up like two hours later. So I'm like, what is, was it like penetrating something it wasn't supposed to be? Was it just hanging out there? And then you started having those weird late at night thoughts, you know, sort of midnight, and you've woken up. Oh, I was up completely delirious. Because then you start thinking, is this aspirin just going into my lungs? Mm-hmm. Am I busy inhaling acylic uh, uh, acid that into my exactly bloodstream? That is exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. When I was a kid, I went through this whole phase, which I think a lot of kids do, where I couldn't I had this kind of mental block about swallowing uh, pills, which I just got over at one point. I think I just realized I had the I had this sort of uh, uh, adjust. But I went through this uh, the kind of mode where I was unable to swallow anything like that. But of course, it was stuff I had to take. Like you got to take aspirin, you got to take vitamins, and so I decided just to begin chewing everything. And so there was, I think, probably I don't know, maybe a year and a half or two years when I was, I would say, ten or eleven years of age. Where I, it doesn't matter what I had to take, I would just, my mom would hand it to me, here's your multivitamin, here's your aspirin, here's your Tylenol, and I would just pop it in. Oh, that's so gross. Which, in retrospect, it's utterly revolting, especially the vitamins. I don't know if you ever chewed a multivitamin. That's one of the worst things on earth. You're Mm. supposed to crush it and put it in applesauce. I I don't think. I had it in a hot dog like you do for the dog. uh, If only I had, if only I had been as smart as a dog. I mean, it's like, it's like chewing a piece of, 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 uh, it's like chewing a tiny piece of raw sewage. I mean, there's just no getting around it. This is one of the worst things I've ever had in my mouth. Let's, uh, welcome now to the, this is an abrupt segue. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, uh, from the Hill CNN radio correspondent, Dick Uliano. Good morning to you, sir. Oh, and there's no one there. Speaking Have we taken any phone, phone calls yet today? I, well, not on the hotline. We had the Walter guy who called from the Netherlands. All right, let me try. Hello, hello. Hello. Hey, Dick Uliano. Ah, that's great. All right. Well, hold on. Try this one more time. All right. Hello, Dick Uliano. Rick Emerson, good hey, morning. Hey, how are you, sir? We're having a little bit of an issue with the phone, so I apologize. I had you picked up there, and it was the, uh, I could hear you, but you couldn't hear me. Oh, thing. sorry about that. Not at all. It's all, uh, the problem is all on this side of the table, uh, sir. Uh, so a couple things to ask. Uh, one is, well, we'll just start with it with uh, Barack Obama, because it, is it today that it's his 100th day in office? Yes, today is the 100th day uh, Barack Obama has been president of the United States. You know, and he's had, uh, let's uh, put it this way, he's had a tumultuous uh, the first couple of months. But I would say that uh, it's sort of a mixed bag, because on the one hand, there's a lot of things that have gone uh, wrong, or at least a lot of uh, challenges that he has faced. But it does seem like he has threaded that needle 
Uh, pretty well so far. It doesn't seem like there have been any major gaffes or stumbles, which I think a lot of people were sort of anticipating. I mean, it, I keep going back to that thing of the guy being held hostage by the pirates, and at like the last uh-huh. moment there's like the three sharpshooters that fire, yeah, yeah. you know, from like half a mile away through tumultuous seas and a storm, and it's pitch black, and then you know they manage to get the guy back. That seems to be sort of a microcosm of his whole first uh, first few months. Rick, you always have very good insight, I think. I mean, when you think about that uh, pirate drama, uh, forgive me, but, you know, God forbid, what if the sharpshooters had missed right. and, and hit uh, the cargo ship captain? You would have a whole different tone to the start of the Obama administration. And your analysis that he's had no big mistakes is exactly what two presidential scholars said to me, Stephen Hess at the Brookings Institution, and Stephen Wayne, a professor of the presidency at Georgetown University. No big mistakes. Both these scholars see President Barack Obama off to a good start. They are particularly impressed with his management skills. Hess said uh, the guy has no executive uh, experience. He's been a legislator in Illinois and a brief time in the U.S. Senate, yet Hess says he's proven a natural at being chief executive. They also like the fact that they believe he surrounded himself with very good people, and they see him off to a good start. So is this like an, uh, an exponential sort of thing where every, um, every crisis he resolves successfully or every month he has where things seem to be trending upward, it makes it, uh, you know, his, his sort of ability to get things done or the, the perception, uh, you know, his positive perception on the part of the American people just increases sort of geometrically making it even easier to accomplish more? Well, you know, what Hess says is it's impossible to to compare presidents with past presidents because the times uh, tend to shape the man. So, uh, you know, how well he does really could be gauged by the crisis he faces. And uh, really, we've gone from this economic crisis, now we have uh, this health event uh, with the swine flu virus, and he has to take these things on one at a time. But what these scholars say is he appears to be comfortable in his job, also has excellent communication skills uh, on his own part and with his staff, and they say that's also very important when you're wielding uh, the handles of power at the White House to communicate effectively. Hey, he had another uh, piece of good news uh, yesterday when um, Arlen Spe- who's a senator from uh, from Pennsylvania, who switched just, I, I guess it wasn't entirely out of the blue, but I mean, it was the first thing I heard about it. it he, he went to bed as a Republican and he woke up as a Democrat, which gives the Democrats, uh, presuming that Al Franken gets into office, gives the Democrats this, this filibuster-proof majority, which has got to be... I mean, that's got to be a big one in the win column for uh, for the Obama administration. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the Democrats already had a tight grip on control of Congress. Uh, their grip is now almost ironclad. And uh, this will also help President Obama. You know, there's a book that was written in the 1960s called The Power of the Presidency. And it basically said that uh, presidential power uh, is determined on uh, a couple of things. Number one, how, uh, how well you rally the support of the American people. He's got more than 60% of approval rate. So he's doing well there. How well you can uh, get what you want through Congress. Uh, He basically is uh, the master of Congress now because they're all of the same party and basically following along. And how well you can influence the allies. And we saw on that trip, he wants to listen to the allies and raise America's standing. So these are some of the things the scholars saying that the president's doing right so far. I'm just sort of picturing as you you were describing this, Barack Obama sort of standing uh, on top of a mountain uh, holding a sword aloft like Excalibur. <laughs> uh, and then it just says below that, Barack Obama, m- m- master of the Congress. 
Well, yeah, I mean, you know, you know what? Uh, consider that Congress controls the purse strings. Think about that for a moment under the Constitution. And uh, really, uh, if uh, the Congress doesn't go along with his plan, he would be a very weak president. He'd get nothing done. But uh, instead, they go along, and he got a $787 billion stimulus plan through, the biggest spending measure ever in the United States Congress. That's a significant legislative achievement. Excellent. All right, my friend. Thank you Wait so much. I second to mention Michelle Obama. Oh, absolutely. Go ahead. Both scholars say she's a big surprise. Coming in, the American people very unsure of Michelle Obama, now an enormously popular first lady. Well, she's uh, she's certainly popular with uh, she's certainly popular with me uh, because I have to I have to tell you that uh, for all of the comparisons people are making to uh, to Jackie Kennedy, um, I think that the, uh, Michelle Obama does seem to have Michelle Obama has this this kind of um, I don't know if toughness is the right word, but she does seem to have she does seem to have a very strong sense of self, and she yes. does seem very defined. And like she probably doesn't take a lot of guff from anybody. Which uh, I, I, yes, I think I think you're right about that. She absolutely does have that appearance, and also a person who seems comfortable in her position. And uh, you know, uh, they, they they seem right at home at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Excellent, Dick Giuliano. Always a pleasure, my friend. My pleasure, sir. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you again. There you go, Dick Giuliano. Nick's such a professional, it seemed inappropriate to say that I find Michelle Obama really hot. Uh, that just seemed... Yeah, you say that enough. You don't need to say that to him. Well, one can never say that enough. Because, I mean, he's uh, telling you he's hanging around with scholars. I'm just, well, it's, it, yeah. Thank you for not embarrassing us. Just me and Doris Kearns Goodwin. We're just, uh, we're going to go have a little nosh later on, Tim, and then uh, maybe go to the club for a fox hunt. It's 503-228-4101. Tim Riley's tracking these headlines on your Wednesday morning. Jackie Chan announces his 100th movie. Now she's going too far. British singing sensation Susan Boyle is shopping for a book deal to tell all about her so-called life. Salacious sex tapes and photos involving the French president's wife are missing. Big question today, is Britney pregnant? Uh, the answer to that is probably yes. Just because the answer to that, if, in certain names... The answer of, is always yes. Especially if it's somebody who shouldn't ever be reproducing. I, I mean, bet it's Kevin Federline's. Insert irresponsible parent. Are they pregnant again? Yes. It's 503-228-4101. That is all just ahead, ladies and gentlemen. Coming up later on, CNN, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. We'll also talk to Spike from Spike and Mike's Sick and Twisted Festival of Animation, plus your chance of winning a pair of tickets to see Brett Michaels at the Roseland. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Broadcasting in ADHD. He treated me like a dirty whore. Hey, free sex! The Rick Emerson Show returns. Well, all right then. It's uh, the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Coming up later on the day, a pair of tickets to see Brett Michaels could be yours. Uh, you win passes for you and a guest to meet and greet Brett Michaels and a chance to join him on stage for the last song of the night. Nothing but a good time. That is uh, the Roseland uh, coming up May 6th, ladies and gentlemen. Later on today, we'll talk to Spike from Spike and Mike's Sick and Twisted Festival of Animation, as well as Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Uh, before we do anything else, okay, so we should take this, uh, let's see. Let us uh, uh, go to the phones to talk. Is this Walter? Yes, it is. Walter, you are listening to us uh, online in, is, is a dumb question, is, is it pronounced Rot Rotterdam? Rotterdam? Rotterdam, the Netherlands, yes. Rotterdam in the Netherlands. 60 miles south of uh, Amsterdam. So what is it that took you to live in the Netherlands, Walter? Well, um, uh, my wife works for a Dutch company, and then about eight years ago, the opportunity came up. Do you want to move? I was like, well, heck 
Yeah. I mean, so now where where were you? Li- I mean, are you from Portland originally? Where are you from in the in the states? Uh, from Houston, actually. All right, so you're from Houston, so you of course uh, are rooting for the Rockets at this point. Uh, well, it, well, I don't want to get any hate mail, so no. um, I'll decline. Uh, no, no, no. That's uh, it's all you know. We're it's a we're a large tent here. We're an inclusive show, Walter. So, yeah. uh, so you're there in the Netherlands. Here's another here's another question. So, if you're, you're uh, an American guy living in the Netherlands, I mean, is yeah. there any radio of any kind that you can sort of listen to there and enjoy, or is it all just a lot of umlauts and, uh, and wooden yeah, shoes? No. All right. No, that, that's why I'm on uh, on the net listening to the U.S. Excellent. So, how did you discover this very fine radio show, Walter? Well, um, make a really long story short. Uh, web search radiotime.com. Listened to a couple other radio shows and came up with you guys. I guess about three days ago, and it's like, wow, man, this is awesome. And you found the other shows to be tedious and unentertaining in every fashion. And then this show was like a breath of fresh aural air blowing through your new Netherland home. Yes, that is correct. Excellent. Um, tell me something that I might not know about uh, the Netherlands, something that might surprise me. What is the, uh, wait, hold on. Um, what is uh, the oddest, most commonly consumed food there in the Netherlands? Oh, gosh. I guess you would call them either like they eat the raw herring, the fish, during uh, that season. Um, there's bitter ballen, which is, oh, gosh, like an inside-out chicken fried steak. Uh, all right. They they don't do that thing where they eat the rotten uh, shark meat or something there, do they? Or is that? No, or am I thinking of Iceland? All right. All right. Uh, so do you get back to the United States at all? Oh yeah, about two three times a year. All right. Fly either into Houston to see family, or uh, we'll go to New York City to uh, see some Broadway shows and. Yeah. All right. So my final question about the Netherlands. So in my head, I and because I'm an ugly American, so everything, everything that is not here, like everything in Europe, it all just kind of everything just sort of appears in my mind's eye as though they're the Von Trapp family singers, or maybe that blonde girl who's on the front of the, the Swiss Miss chocolate mix package for a long time. Um, no, no, not at all. I mean, you, Rick, you only missed the one. I'll throw you a question. Everybody always asks about the marijuana, and that is uh, the Amsterdam thing, right? Everywhere here in the Netherlands, it is mostly legal. <laughs> the best part is how, as you were making the statement about it being legal, you kind of did this long inhale and a pause and then an exhale, which is fantastic. Excellent. Yeah, exactly. Well, Walter, it we... It is legal and... Uh... So. Well, Walter, we appreciate you listening. You uh, spread the word there uh, to your Netherland uh, brothers and sisters, and uh, you call us any time, well, my friend. Well, I spread it all the time. Excellent. Thank <laughs> you, sir. All right. Well, you guys have a great day. You as well. Have a satisfying day. All right, there you go. That is Walter listening to us online in the Netherlands, ladies and gentlemen. Fantastic. All right, ladies and gentlemen at the news desk, this is Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Got some breaking news here from Fox 12. They're reporting that wrestler Paul Pershman, better known as Playboy Buddy Rose, has been found dead on his couch in the couve. No cause of death has been determined as of yet, but one of his friends said he was morbidly obese. And he was battling diabetes. Yeah, he had a he. I mean, and, and over the course of that guy's career, I mean, he he put on a lot of weight. Uh, so Playboy Buddy Rose is a guy. He wrestled in the Northwest. Um, I got. I mean, just just forever. I mean, I think I think starting in the in the seventies, but it could have been even before that. I seem that I think I remember my grandmother. My grandmother was one of those those women like the. What is that comic strip that's always that they're always selling at Hallmark cards? It's that Maxine woman where she's like. 
You know, it's the, kind of the cranky little, old Like woman. the old, like, cat eye glasses? Yeah, she's got cat eye glasses and curlers, and she's got bunny slippers on, and she's always saying something bitchy. Um, my grandmother was that woman, and so I would go to visit my grandmother, who uh, lived in Malala, and then later in Oregon City, and whatever, a series of trashy locales around our fair state. And she would always do, do the same thing. It was every, I think it was Saturday night, Sunday night, she would sit down in her uh, in her easy chair, and she would uh, light up a cigarette, and she would have a Bloody Mary that she drank out of a bell jar, by the way, and stirred with a carrot stick. Um and she would watch. Was this your evil grandmother? No, 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 no. This is my no. She no. This grandmother was just drunk. Yeah. Um, but it, she would watch this thing called the NWA, which is the, the Northwest Wrestling Association. And I'm pretty sure that Playboy Buddy Rose wrestled for those guys. And then later on, he wrestled in the what was then called the WWF. He was at the first WrestleMania event, which was in 1985. And I am. Fairly certain that he ran like a gym or like a, a, a something here, like a like a training thing. Oh, and he also and he had a lot and he him and uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper, who we've had on the show, and I'm a huge fan of of Piper. Um, Buddy Rose and Roddy Piper had a long-standing uh, feud. I mean, it was, you know, one of those it's sort of fabric. You know, it was like a contrived wrestling kind of a feud. But that's one of the things that put both of those guys on the map. I mean, Rose here in Portland and Roddy Piper nationally is that they had a long, ongoing uh, sort of, uh, you know, they were very contentious with one another for the years and years. So anyway, so he is, I mean, in the world of wrestling anyway, and especially in Northwest wrestling, which has, I mean, it, Portland is kind of like the East Coast in this way. In the East Coast had uh, like the ECW, uh, which is sort of a regional um, uh, wrestling franchise, which is, which is not very well known outside of that part of the country, but is massive there. That is how some of those leagues were here, and he was a, a real star there. So, uh, but yeah, he was diabetic and huge, by the way. I mean, he was like the size of a barn, as uh, as Verbal Kint would say in uh, Usual Suspects. He was fat. I mean, orca fat. So there you go. And now he's dead. So we have the uh, first swine flu death here in America. It was a 21 uh, month old baby from uh, Texas. Worries over this have increased the demand for those breathing masks. And lots of hand sanitizers. Of course, we're told that these breathing masks don't work, but Britain has ordered 30 million of them. There was a whole thing on the news last night. It was breathing masks. Do they work? And they go to a break, and I'm thinking, well, no. And then they came back. <laughs> breathing masks, do they work? No. I mean, that was. I mean, they used more words than that. The but, end. But yeah, it was like the lamest and most predictable setup and payoff uh, you've ever seen in your life. Well, Jacqueline Berry of 3M, which makes these, says they're flying off the shelves anyway. Primarily uh, healthcare organizations, hospitals, clinics. We are uh, getting orders from some government and um, businesses around the world. Carla's Agony, the French president's wife, who has her dirty pictures, photographs and videos of Carla Bruni. She was on an official trip to Spain with her husband, Nicolas Sarkozy. Well, apparently somebody took some videos and some uh, prints, and now they don't know where they are. Police believe the images could be posted on the Internet, Fantastic. serving to embarrass Nicolas Sarkozy. How would the French be embarrassed over sex? <laughs> I have no, I mean, well, this wasn't. But we, we say that they're embarrassed, but they don't care. The, and by the way, I'm fighting off the urge to sing this. You know, I'm the French president's whore. Never mind. That's Why, like the most. Why would you sing that? Never mind. Don't worry. It's like that's like a half of one percent joke. Don't worry he, about it. He's forty-one. <laughs> she's twenty-seven. Well, it's, it's, it's more. Wait a well, hold on. No, wait a minute. But, no. Wait, but was the sex with him? Now, let me look here. Because uh, I think he'd be all like, "Yes, I am tapping that." Aren't you jealous? Don't you wish you were the French president? Uh, or whatever. I mean, because she's, I mean, she's not really my type, but she is very attractive. She is. Uh, she's a little olive oil looking for me. But I mean, but, yeah, but uh, you take a look around the world, look at the average first lady, Barbara Bush. And you just sort of, I mean, 
you know, in France, you would expect a, you would expect him to have a yeah, uh, stylish her, and attractive this woman. This is her ex lover, as it says oh. on the Mail Online. Well, that's so. Oh. That, so the president clearly doesn't want to. You know, one of the videos of her humping it out with some other guy. Why were those even still around? From whom were they stolen? Were they stolen her brother. from her brother? Had new sister. Well, they are well, they French. Are French. <laughs> Merry yeah. Christmas, Jacques. If there's photos of me in bed with another man, view them in good health. Why would you? Why would your brother have? I mean, I'm not speaking to anybody here, but I mean, in general, there's no reason. Why would you leave those with your brother? Did, I mean, was it like a wacky mix-up where he thought he was getting the Disneyland photos or something? And Hey, here we are riding a... Oh, it's a vagina. Yeah, crap. Well, I'll just put these in the cupboard until until I see her at Christmas time. All right. Can you hand me that story? Yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look through that later on and try to figure out why the brother would, would have those. Yeah, and that's the thing. You wouldn't... I mean, look, I, you don't even like to think about the fact that your family members have uh, relations uh, at all. That's a thing you don't wish to... No, I was or pretty close to my age. I don't, I don't need to know that. Yeah, I mean, you, you sort of like to believe that your family members are sort of Ken doll style, which is mm-hmm. just a smooth, rounded plastic down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Ah, here we go. So this says, uh, they broke into the Paris flat of uh, something or other. Uh, of uh, of his brother, 27, 27-year-old actor Julian. Oh, here we go. So it wasn't her brother. It was the brother of the guy she had had the affair with. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. She had an affair with philosopher Raphael Enthoven, uh, who then gave... gave the, see, this is much more explainable. So the brother gave the photos and pictures to... Uh, or the, the lover gave the photos to uh, his, his brother. And somebody broke in, knew they were there... And that's interesting too, because that indicates that like somebody, that somebody told somebody who told somebody who told somebody. Hey, by the way, uh, that guy uh, Raphael, he's got these photos of him humping the first lady. No, they're at his brother's house. We should go by and take a look at them. And by look at, I mean steal. Right. Well, those will turn up at some point. All right, here's Tim Riley. Let's do a geek watch. Here's your geek watch for Wednesday on the Rick Emerson Radio Show. High-speed modem is intolerably slow. In the Quasar Dilemma, remember, you used just a television show. That's all, okay? <laughs> right, but because we were wondering if the quantum flux... And just listen, on there, there is no quantum flux. There's no auxiliary. There's no goddamn shit. You got it? Energize. Here's Tim Riley with your Geek Watch. Cincinnati now has a new superhero. He's a masked man calling himself the Shadow Hair... He says he's on the mission to make life safer for the people of Cincinnati. The shadow. We help enforce the law by doing what we can in legal standards. Oh, wow. So we carry uh, handcuffs, tasers, pepper spray, all the legal weapons. We will do citizens arrests and we will intervene on crimes if there is one happening in front of us. Shiny, a slang term for great use in the television series Firefly and the movie Serenity. Wow, is that guy voice number three or what? Wow. He's uh, 21 years old. He's also part of the Allegiance of Heroes. He surely won't recognize us because he's blind, but I'm sure he'll recognize the taste of a good meal, wouldn't you say? I don't know what that means. <laughs> what are you talking about? What kind of a superhero threat is that? <laughs> you shall feel the sting of this lamb chop with mint jelly on the side. Evildoer! Could there be anything more dorky than belonging to a group that has the end of heroes? And he's talking about handcuffing people and spraying them with pepper spray? And then feeding them, apparently. Did you see his costume? No, but what, what do you mean? He's it looks the, like the big CBS eye on his face. Why is he called the shadow hair? I what don't know. Isn't that the CBS logo? Shouldn't he be sued for copyright infringement? That's a terrible costume. And is he wearing... What's on his chest? Is that like a, a cat? 
It looks like a cat, doesn't it? Or is it a rabbit? Is it is it hair? H a r e. Yes, yes. Is a in a rabbit? H a r e. No, oh that's that's terrible. That giant eye is creepy looking. So well, this he is might a, fight some crime. How old is he? Twenty one. So this is a twenty one year old man and a virgin. And a, <laughs> speaking of people who have only uh, Ken doll plastic, um, so he's dressed up. In sort of a, well, it's in a superhero outfit. It's a leotard. It's with like a, Does he have a cape? Please tell me he has a cape. He doesn't, but he has some kind of cloth hanging from his arm. <laughs> maybe, um, maybe it's so incorrectly. Is it oh, one of his true. superpowers? That, that could be true. Right now I'm working on, um, I'm working it, on it learning like the, how to stitch It properly. looks like the curtain we hang up on the window and it's hanging from his arm. <laughs> maybe. Uh, maybe if he can get, uh, like, if he can get uh, Sir Sir Stitchalot or somebody else to join like the League of Heroes, they can get some leotards that are actually form fitting. So he is wearing the latex or latex the, the what is it the spandex superhero outfit, and it's got a rabbit on the chest. Look, unless you are Captain Carrot and his amazing zoo crew, uh, as made famous in the 1980s, you you are you cannot be a superhero and and be a rabbit. And by the way, for people who are wondering, so we have three distinct voices in terms of people who call the show. You, everybody who calls the show can be, this is more or less, can be lumped into one of three categories. There is voice number one, which is a sort of old, gruff guy who kind of talks like this and sounds like Smokey from the Geico ads. There is voice number two, which is a sort of uh, younger, kind of snarky sound and kind of sharp voice guy, kind of like this, who speaks as though he just came out of a uh, Kevin Smith movie or something. Nooch. Uh, or uh, there is voice number three, <clears throat> and voice number three Sounds a lot like this. Shiny, a slang term for great use in the television series Firefly and the movie Serenity. So let's close this out by playing one of his sound bites again here, Tim. Just back he to back. He surely won't recognize us because he's blind, but I'm sure he'll recognize the taste of a good meal. Wouldn't you say? The weed of crime bears bitter fruit. That's fantastic. There's your Geek Watch uh, for Wednesday. Hammer by the sons of Warvan. I shall avenge you. Next. Loneliness and cheat are a dangerous mix. All right, ladies and gentlemen, still to come, we're going to talk to Spike from Spike and Mike's Sick and Twisted Festival of Animation, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. We'll be giving away a pair of Brett Michaels tickets and the top five drug songs written by people who've clearly never done drugs. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101. KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. What a catastrophe. This is Rock 101 KUFO. Emerson Radio Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Good morning. It's Wednesday, 503-7... Caught myself. 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Don't forget, coming up later on uh, today, we're going to be giving away a pair of tickets to see Brett Michaels May 6th at the Roseland. Uh, you'll also win passes for you and a guest to meet and greet Brett and the chance to perform uh, on stage with him at the show's finale. Uh, that's coming up uh, later on in the show. It's 503-228-4101. By the way, we want to thank uh, Greg Nibbler, uh, production assistant extraordinaire. <laughs> so if you were, if you were listening uh, to the uh, the news segment five six minutes ago, we had Tim. Do we have that soundbite kind of racked up somewhere? I, yes, I do. So this is the where are these guys based? This superhero league or this Cincinnati Alliance of Justice or whatever whatever it is they're called. Uh-huh. So, so the this guy is he calls himself Shadow Hair. Shadow Hair. And he has a costume. Of course he does. And it is a 21 year old guy in a spandex uh, superhero outfit. And this is like it's a superhero outfit. Like he's going to like like he's going to a convention of some kind, or like he's 
you know, he's going to be playing a massively multiplayer online role-playing game, and he's supposed to be in character. This is where he and a bunch of his uh, friends have gotten together to battle Ever, Ever, Evil, uh, wherever it might be, battle Ever, the dreaded Ever, Ever. Oh no, not Ever! At last we meet again, Ever. This shall be your undoing. Uh, but there's sort of the, the fighting injustice wherever it might be found. So. Greg found the guy's MySpace page, which God is bless you, Greg. No. awesome. And so we will talk about that in a second. Can we do the sound bite from this guy one more time? This is uh, Shadow Hair, who is the leader of the Heroes Alliance. Mm -hmm. We don't know his true identity, though. Well, of course, no. We because... help enforce the law by doing what we can in legal standards. So we carry uh, handcuffs, tasers, pepper spray, all the legal weapons. We will do citizens' arrests. And we will intervene on crimes if there is one happening in front of us. So here's my question is, we talk so much about how uh, it is geeks of all stripes, you know, they all have that voice number three thing. We're going Shiny, just... a slang term for great use in the television series Firefly and the movie Serenity. And it, does all seem, it seems to happen with it's, it's the excess of saliva that seems to pop up whenever they're doing the civil and S sound. Uh, see also every single guy who works at Fry's Electronics. Uh, or which, Aaron Geek in the City. Or or me when I get overly excited about certain <laughs> things. But it does seem to be a common trait. And so it makes you wonder if there's almost a, the, some sort of, I don't know, physiological component uh, to geekdom. Because it does seem to manifest itself in the same sort of finite number of ways uh, with about 98% of the people who fall into that category. So, anyway, that's wonderful. So, his MySpace page is great. He is, uh, his, ladies, he is single. And Ooh. his, like, uh, the friends section on his MySpace page, it links to all of his fellow superheroes. Uh, all of uh, They are all single as well. So, Would you I, like some of his superheroes, um, superhero buddies' names? Yes, yes, I would. This is uh, Shadowhair. These are his yes. friends. Right. Silver Moon, Dark Demon, um, Wall Creeper. <laughs> Wall Creeper. Ecliptico. Doesn't wall creeper sound like wall creeper sounds like some sort of insect that you would find lurking around if you lived in Tampa for long enough. Mister Strange, Doc Spectral, Tothian, Night Owl. Tothian, you can't be Night Owl. That's that's taken. I know. Somebody and he's dressed get, like Night Owl. Too. Someone didn't get the memo. The Death's Head Moth. No, that <laughs> Master <can't>. Legend. <laughs> no, you, you I like can't. The moth. Wait, is it is Death's Head Moth? Is he, he he hides in your clothes. <laughs> I'm in your wardrobes eating your overcoats. Uh, the uh, so wait is the Death's Head Moth? Is he a super villain or is he also a superhero? No, Rick, he's a superhero. I'm sorry, I'm just trying to do, I'm trying to understand what we're, villain. what we're what we're dealing with here. The Death's Head Moth. The Death's Head Moth. First of all, I don't think you can have death in your name and be a super villain, uh, superhero. I don't think Ladies, that works. He's single. So. Isn't that Death's Head Moth? Isn't that the thing that, that what's his name, James Gum, uh, crams into the mouths of the victims in in the the Silence of the Lambs? Isn't that no, the thing a, they pull they pull out of the the woman's mouth? They find a Death's Head Moth. moth? Is that? No, it's not a. Well, it does have the skull on it, that, so maybe. Well, that would that would yeah. indicate that it's the head of death. So all right, all right about him, Death head, <laughs> Death's Head Moth, <laughs> a real life super, superhero and an objectivist, believe in being a vigilant as possible as all times. Contact him at DH Moth. My interests include uh, crying a lot and rampant self-abuse. Uh, are there sidekicks or are there only superheroes? Uh, no, it doesn't seem like anyone wants to be anyone's sidekick. Really? <laughs> no. There's they, also Phantom Zero. Well, Z everyone's mask. doing more with less these days. Even well, superheroes. <laughs> that is true. That's fantastic. Uh, we should post a link to that. 
Uh, I believe we should. Now, every time I open my mouth, I'm hearing my own voice number three start to come out. We should post a link to that on your MySpace page <laughs> uh, so people can peruse the superheroes of um, Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh, and there's also Citizen Smoke, who's <laughs> a smoker. Oh, hey, real quickly, uh, speaking of smoke, so I have to say uh, two things. One, I'm wearing this shirt today. Uh, from- oh, is that a new El Cortez one? This is. This is from the El Cortez Hotel and Casino in beautiful Las Vegas. This is where I stayed over the weekend when I went to see the Osmonds. And, uh, I bet those styles haven't changed in many years. No, no, they haven't. Well, in fact, Didn't if your you- last one just peel off after it- you wore it once? <laughs> it, did. it did. Guess how much this shirt was? $17.99. $5. Oh, uh, brand wow, that's new. a bargain. Bra- yes, it is, Tim. Can you order them online? Brand- uh, probably. Brand new in the El Cortez Hotel gift shop. This is brand new. It was a $5 shirt. I had to buy this one because the last the last El Cortez uh, shirt that I bought, I washed it, and I I mean it was like I washed it on cold when like I, I put it in on the flambe cycle or something. I washed it on cold, uh-huh. and it's like the whole front just peeled off. It was clearly just an iron on that they just had some slave labor in the back just just steaming the thing onto the shirt. I guess those clothes aren't made for washing. No, these, <laughs> these clothes are made for wearing once and then burning in a barrel out back. So I have this El Cortez uh, shirt, and you are correct when you say that if you look at the front of this. This is why I love the El Cortez, and I don't, I don't love it ironically. It is a wonderful place because the building, they've added um, one new wing onto it, and there's a big parking garage. But other than that, the El Cortez is exactly the same as it was when they opened it in, I think, 1944. I mean, it is absolutely unchanged because you can look at photos. I'm like, here's Jimmy Durante performing at the El Cortez. And then you look at the El Cortez, you stand out in the street, and you look at it, and it's exactly the same. Which you can't, I mean, things, I mean, look, they even blew up the freaking sands, which is where the Rat Pack performed. So there are very few places in Vegas, because Vegas is a town that is built so much on that old mystique, on the mafia mystique, and the, the Frank Sinatra mystique, and that, the World War II era. Um, so there's, but there's almost nowhere to see that, where it isn't just a recreation of a thing from that time. The El Cortez is completely unchanged. And it's largely because it's like at the ass end of Fremont Street where no one ever notices it. So there's no like they know they're not going to make any money anyway. Like if they were to remodel it, it's not like they would suddenly just be in the chips, uh, you know, so to speak. Well, you either go to that downtown area or you do not. That's the thing. It's like and people, it's not like it, it's not like you just pass by it. You it is make a conscious effort to go there. It is an actively pursued destination. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so so people who don't go to that part of Vegas, aren't going to go there because they hear there's some swank new uh, hotel. So they're smart enough to leave it alone. Anyway, so I got this, uh, I got this shirt from the El Cortez, and I um, I w- was trying to figure out was, you know, what to wear today, and it's like, all oh, my crap's dirty, and I haven't done any laundry. I'm like, I don't know, do I have anything uh, clean around here? I thought, well, I have this I have this El Cortez shirt. And at first I was going to, you know, put it through the wash before I, uh, before I wore it. We want to get one good wear out of it before the logo peeled off. Now, here's the thing. So I decided not to wash this El Cortez shirt last night. Uh, I, this is direct from the El Cortez gift shop in Vegas to Ew. my body. Here's why, though. And somebody pointed out that it's got the line down the sleeve where it was folded and just sitting on the shelf for 10 years waiting for me to purchase it. Yeah. I did, by the way, I bought two of them, two for $10. Um, here's the reason I did not wash this El Cortez hotel and casino shirt. Because... This shirt smells exactly like the casino. And it was just, it was sort How of... was that a good thing? Well, it's not even so much that it's good. It's just that it's interesting because, you know... Is so it like I, your old boyfriend that you broke up with, but you still have his, like, old t-shirt? It's so exactly it like, like that, him. Sarah. You can't let it go? <laughs> Wait a minute. Who are we talking about No, right I had a, I had a weird friend who did that, whose, like, boyfriend left his a shirt. A weird friend, really? <laughs> yeah, no, I sit at home Hera? sniffing people's <laughs> shirts all the time. Well, I... <laughs> Oh boy! And so what? I'm sorry. Oh no! I had I had this 
strange friend who was really upset about her um, breakup with her boyfriend. She lost like 20 pounds in a week and blah, blah, blah. She had one of his shirts and she would just sit at home in his shirt every day smelling it. That's the saddest, it creepiest was, thing I've ever heard. It was really, really sad. I finally had to take it away from her. <laughs> she walk in the front. She's sitting there like she has a whoopee. Just, uh, just I, curled up on the couch like... <laughs> <laughs> with her shirt over her nose. Missing, <laughs> missing you and smelling your shirt. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, it, like, I'm trying to scrape off uh, skin cells from it so she can clone him in a basement lab of some kind. It's like that guy in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest who has that photograph that he's just been turning over in his hands for 10 years and it's just completely blank at this point. Mm-hmm. He's, look at this, it's a pony. Um, anyway, so, but you know, uh, smell is the sense that is linked most strongly to memory. Even more than hearing, more than sight, more than touch. That's why if you go into an old bookstore and you smell like that kind of moldy old book smell, it'll transport you back to like your grandmother's attic or, you know, an old library mm-hmm. or something. Cause smell and memory are the most closely linked, uh, things that you have. And so it was, I put this on last night just to see if it fit and then I was going to wash it. So I put it on just to kind of see if it makes sure it's the right size, or whatever. And I got, I, I kind of got this whiff of the shirt, which again, I haven't worn. It just came from the gift shop and it was like, it was. I could just hear the slot machines ringing in my head. If I close my eyes and just, I'm suddenly there. So I'm going to wear this for today just so I can be transported back to the open. I kind of have to, I think I need to smell it. Let's everyone do it. Tim, do you want to smell my shirt? Oh, yes, more than anything. All right. <laughs> don't make Tim smell your shirt. Uh, why don't you, well, should I'll I go over the there team. or do you want to come over here? I want you come over here. All right, okay. Hold Who, on. Who's going where? I'll walk this way. All right. I give um, you a drive by sniffing Tim I as he walks I won't by. Smell my shirt unless you want to. I'll let Sarah do it first so you can kind of gauge her reaction. Okay, now, but now before part? you, no, but, but now, first of all, don't smell near my underarm because. Oh, I'm not going to smell in your. Are oh, you no. kidding me? Don't. I'm, I'm not smelling you. anyone's underarm. No. Because it wouldn't be unpleasant, <laughs> but it'll be. Um, you'll get this Arm and Hammer uh, coral reef scent, and that's not the true. Uh, okay. All right. And the, the Ocartez does not smell like coral reef. I assure you. Okay, I'm going for it. Uh, maybe you smell my back. That's like the worst thing you've said to me. Yeah, that's true. So, now close it sounds eyes. like something Imagine a dog would do. You are in a, you've been to Vegas. Imagine yes. you are in a casino, slot machines, a uh, guy with no teeth dealing blackjack, uh, and then uh, somebody walking around uh, asking you to play Keno. Okay. And now smell my shirt. <laughs> it doesn't really smell like a casino. Okay, it, but it, maybe it doesn't smell like every casino. It smells exactly like the El Cortez, which makes sense because it's in like an open air. Okay. All right. Tim, would you like to smell my shirt? It sure. just kind of smells like, uh, I don't know, like deodorant or something. It it kind of smells like <laughs> like someone sprayed something about an hour ago. It's, yeah. Okay. It, it smells like yeah. It smells like cologne or something. Here's what uh, Lars said. Lars said that this shirt smells exactly like. How did she put it? She said it smells like the amount of Febreze you would use to cover to cover a smell that is very present and very off putting. She said, I, in fact, I think she said, you know, imagine like the toilet overflowed or something and you had to Febreze the carpet real good. She's like, that's what it smells like. So it does we, smell like some a smell being covered up, which in turn indicates that there is something bad at the El Cortez, like the smell of failure and shame uh, and probably bodies uh, that they are having to Febreze away uh, sort of every morning. And that has just sort of uh, that has leached its way into the clothing that I'm now wearing. There you go. That's a little slice of Rick Emerson's life right there. Wait, Yum. hold on. Um. <sighs> Double down. Stop smelling yourself. Oh, did you go to the double down? Uh, no, no, no. I, uh, I was just uh, reflecting upon my time at the blackjack table. Okay. 503-228-4101. Tim Riley is tracking these stories on your Wednesday morning. Well, a lot of things to talk about. First of all, a Kent Washington man is arrested after allegedly 
Posting an ad on Seattle's Craigslist looking for a woman he could have sex with and then murder in that order. Murder? Oh, mm-hmm. wait, hold on. I'm sorry. That's totally, I, I failed on that. Wait, murder? I barely knew her. Okay. Two Northwest Airline employees of PDX admit to stealing over 200 items from passengers and selling some of them on eBay. A man is shot in the head with a nail gun 34 times, and the Russians captured 28 pirates. Not 33 times. Not 35 times. 34 times. Well, that's just right. Mm-hmm. Right, we will have more on those stories, plus uh, in the next hour, Spike from Spike and Mike's Sick and Twisted Festival of Animation, as well as Mr. Skin uh, from MrSkin.com. Uh, right now, ladies and uh, gentlemen, we are going to take uh, caller number 10 right now at 503-228-4101. You are going to win an Emily's Garden System by Hydrofarm. It contains six individual planting sites, two-gallon reservoir, nutrients, growing medium, air pump, and illustrated instructions for all your spring and summertime gardening needs, ladies and gentlemen, courtesy of Everybody's Garden Center and Emily's Garden. Uh, that is at 503-228-4101. All right, now, Rock 101 KUFO, The Rick Emerson Show. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Oh, yeah. No, she's, uh, no, yeah, no. Daddy, Daddy likes her. Ew. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's comedy. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's 503-228-4101. Good morning. It is uh, Wednesday in Portland and everywhere. Unless you're in uh, the Netherlands, which is where our listener Walter is, in which case it is already 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Think on that one. Uh, you can email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah with an H at kufo.com. Tim at kufo.com. Or nibbler at kufo.com. Greg Nibbler, our production assistant, who, as we speak, by the way, has not only found the MySpace pages for all of the guys who are in this Cincinnati, Ohio superhero group, uh, including, what's his name? Succulent Hair? Or I don't even know. I don't even know where to start. His name is Shadow Hair. I'm sorry, Shadow Hair? Mm-hmm. Doesn't Shadow Hair sound like some sort of dermatitis-type uh, condition? Do you suffer from Shadow Hair? And then it would just show like a big glowing red bulge on the side of your face. Yes. Anyway, so he found this group of um, super nerds, and he uh, he's... Heroes, Rick. Sorry, heroes. 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 He is uh, he is friend, friending all of this um uh, all of them on MySpace as we speak. So Dark and, Demon has really a creepy mask on. I like Dark Demon. I admire his spunk. Ladies and gentlemen, at the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Now, what about those Blazers? Huh? They're still in the game. They won, and that means they'll play another game Thursday night in Houston. So that is good news. The cold case detectives at Portland Police Bureau have solved a 1976 murder. They used DNA, and uh, it led them to Edward Warren, who died in 2003, while incarcerated in the state penitentiary. The case is the oldest homicide in the Portland cold case file, and now it's closed. Uh, Halliburton's in trouble for burning poisonous things and making people sick. It's hard to believe. Mm -hmm. This happened both in Iran and Afghanistan. They dug these huge pits, and in it... They started fires using jet fuel with what? people sleeping in tents right next to it. But, I mean, for what reason? I mean, why? Well, they were burning garbage and junk. <laughs> these were called burn pits. I like, it's, really? We're, tr- we're trying to you know, civilize these savages. <laughs> I love the idea, by the way, that they go right to jet fuel. They didn't even try, like, you know, like that wizard uh, uh, briquette lighter or something. You know what I mean? They go right to, I don't know, what do we have to, uh, to light this? Do you have any... 
I don't know, maybe maybe a little uh, a little alcohol. I don't know, maybe they have something to, to like a cooking. No, let's go. Let's let's just empty out the 747 into a ditch and set it ablaze and see what happens. Mm-hmm. They burn garbage, uh, medical waste, plastic, and food <laughs> right next to where these soldiers are sleeping. So now these uh, soldiers uh, say there was thick blank smoke and toxic fumes in the burn pit. Jesus God! Right next to the tent where these soldiers were sleeping, and now they're complaining of a series of health problems, including severe chest pain, diarrhea. Asthma, sleep apnea, and debilitating migraine headaches. Who pulled the short straw and had to sleep next to the ditch where they're burning a bunch of biohazard bags? Uh, this fellow from Enterprise, Alabama. Well, that's what. Um, does it smell like burning dirty needles to you? I, I'm not sure. It'd I'm going to go back to sleep. It'll be unpatriotic to complain. No, of course not, Tim. Why do you hate America? A Radio Shack employee in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, facing disorderly conduct charges for punching a customer. The customer tried to return an item. The employee said no. A radio employee? A Radio Shack employee. Ah, I see. All right. Well, if you want to talk about other radio employees, Clear Channel is laying off a whole bunch more. I had the story somewhere. So far, they laid off uh, 2,500 people, and they're not done yet. I the, the the sentence that jumped out of me, because I saw that story yesterday about Clear Channel. They, uh, they So just yesterday, it was an additional 590 people. Yes. So in other news, there were still 590 people working at Clear Channel. That's pretty amazing. It really is. The But in, in this story... The phrase that I kind of latched onto is where they said, I wish I had this in front of me, but it said, the layoffs focused on programming, promotions, management, sales, and engineering. Yes. Which sort of is like, a, it's a whole thing. I mean, why don't they just say like, you know, the layoffs focused on everyone, everyone, everywhere, in every department. Jesus, God almighty. But the company is hitting 90% of its budget goals for the year. Wow. And of course, uh, people will be called back, you know, as they always uh, previous cuts of 1,850 jobs came in January, mostly in the sales department. Hey, but real quickly, do we have any audio of the guy at Radio Shack punching the woman in the face? We do not, know. All right, okay. Well, I'll... Uh, I'm not sure if it was a woman or not. Well, we'll follow up. It's, it, you'd be the customer? Well, it was a customer, Wasn't a woman? Yeah. And what are you talking about? It's Radio Shack. Yes, it was, a, it was a really hot woman. It was a hot woman who loves to sit alone all day soldering things in the basement, Tim, and reading Popular Mechanics. And going online and looking for desperate, horny men. I don't know what this is about. I don't either. <laughs> I was saying I was at Radio Shack last night. I know who shops at Radio Shack. It's me. Not horny women? No. Oh. No. See, I was being ironic, Sarah. Uh, it's, it is not. You know what it is? It's me and Matt Green in engineering and Fat Boy. Uh, that's who shops at Radio Shack, which is fine. Uh, you know what? Uh, you got to know your customer base and you got to know your demographic. But uh, it's not like you're going to walk in and like one of Hef's, uh, you know, seven playmates or something is going to be in there like... I don't know. I just I'm looking for um like an RCA to eighth inch adapter, but I mean maybe like an like a if you had an analog VGA adapter, that would probably work really well because the smart cable isn't necessarily going to be compatible with my seven point one. I don't know. I mean I'm but you know I mean whatever. So no, it's not that. Um, all right, uh, we will uh, resume the news here in just one moment. It's five zero three two two eight four one zero one. Let's uh, welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from Spike and Mike's Sick and Twisted Festival of Animation, which is going to be opening at Cinema 21 right here in Portland, Oregon, this Friday, the aforementioned Spike. Uh, good morning to you, sir. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for joining us. I know you're not. I saw an email kind of going back and forth. It was between uh, Greg Nibbler, who is our esteemed uh, production assistant, and I guess you or, or, or your people, and there was some sort of a... Uh, there's a discussion about what time the show was on, because I, you're not necessarily an early riser, I don't think. No, it's a rare occasion. But uh, So, you're, you know, we are, uh, we are glad to be graced with your presence. How did, for anybody who hasn't seen the Spike and Mike Sick and Twisted Festival of Animation, it is just, it is so beyond anything uh, that you expect. Sarah, have you ever gone to, to see this in person? I haven't, but I've, I've seen a lot of the um, 
things featured in it. You have got uh, to go. And this is the, how many years uh, has this been going, Spike? Uh, we started what we called the classic show um, probably 29 years ago, and that goes back to actually the early days of Will Vinton's work and all the early Pixar guys like John Lasseter, Andrew Stanton, and people. And then in the Sick and Twisted, we probably started around 89 would have been the first first year. And I saw, I think the first time I went to see uh, the Sick and Twisted Festival of Animation was maybe... I don't know, like maybe uh, 2002, 2003, and I had sort of heard about it, and it was a thing that a lot of friends of mine had spoken very highly of, but I didn't really know what to expect. And I walked in and sat down, and there were a few other things uh, that I saw that night. There was uh, there was a, a plimp tune, uh, you know, that it was just, uh, what's it, the, the, uh, I always wanted to say Bill Plinton, but then I get him confused with the guy from the National Review. In any event, uh, the thing that really stood out from that night is I saw a short film called Rejected right. by a guy named Don Hertzfeld, which to this day, uh, and however many years later, is the funniest, uh, I, however, like six minutes of, of film I have ever seen in my life. I laughed harder at that uh, short, that animated short, than I have ever laughed at anything in my life. It was unbelievable. And that alone uh, turned me into a, just a huge fan of, of what you guys do. So it, for people who haven't seen uh, this festival, it's going to be opening at Cinema 21. Um, how do you prepare people for this? What are they, they going to see when they go in? Uh, well, first of all, they get we have two things. They get free barf bags when they come opening night. We're also doing a, Fantastic. a, a promotion where if they bring their refrigerator, a full-size refrigerator, with one of our flyers attached to it, they get in free. So that's uh, that's a couple things we do. This show also is, um, I haven't been up to Portland in about 10 years, so I put together a custom show because um, it's always been a strong <clears throat> animation city. Uh, a lot of good animators here. So I put together a very, very strong, these are all nines and tens. This is one hell of a show. We have very diverse uh, countries represented and styles. Uh. And it's all, uh, it is all animated. Some of it is, uh, there's like some, some sort of stop motion claymation stuff, if I remember correctly. But Yeah, it's everything. Everything from computer generated to puppets to tradi traditional cell animation. We have a thing of bubble wrap film. This um, We have Cuddle Sticks, which is in the, the probably the sickest short we've ever shown. So it's a new low for us. Excellent. Well, one has to have goals, sir. One always has to uh, reachieve. We also have a film I'm very proud to have. It's called Eleven Roses, which is the character design and the story is just magnificent. This is a masterpiece film. We don't get them that often that are this. I mean, this is just phenomenal film. This AM and the PM, uh, Happy Tree Friends, Dr. Tran. And so if anybody hasn't seen this, if you haven't gone uh, to see this before, uh, know that it is sort of a mixed bag in terms of in terms of the uh, maturity level required, but it is uh, very definitely for adults only. Um, it is Spike and Mike's Sick and Twisted Festival of Animation, and I know uh, you are going to be at the showings uh, this weekend. It starts Friday, May 1st uh, at uh, Cinema 21. If people want to find out more, what is the uh, website for this, sir? Uh, Spikeandmike.com. Also, we, we have one show each. We open with uh, 10.30 shows on Friday, Saturday. Excellent. SpikeandMike.com, the Spike and Mike Sick and Twisted Festival of Animation, uh, starting this Friday at Cinema 21. All right. Uh, thank you, my friend, and congratulations uh, on having something that is really just mind-blowingly creative uh, every time. And best of continued success to you. Thanks for having me very thank, much. Thank you. There you go. That is a Spike from Spike and Mike Sick and uh, Twisted Festival of Animation, which really is just unbelievably off-putting at times. 
uh, but he's always uh, hilarious. So really, I can't I can't recommend that strongly. Rejected is so goddamn funny. Seriously, uh, when I I remember sitting in the theater and rejected, uh, which was a, a short that I don't think it's showing this time. Unfortunately, you can you can get it online, get it uh, you can get it on DVD. I had no idea what it was going to be, and it is basically it is animated stick figure stuff. I mean, really, it's all it is. It's just stick figure animation, but it is just the most unbelievably violent uh, and hilarious stick figure animation you have ever seen. And hear just, one little line from it. It just blew my mind. Is this uh, is this from? Yes. An- is too big. Which is a phrase that means nothing to nobody unless you have seen this movie, in which case it will resonate We've with you forever. We've been using it for years. Like, if anyone complains about anything, it's like, oh, is your spoon is too your big? spoon too big? <laughs> so, uh, anyway, so you can find out more about that at spikeandmike.com. And if you want to know about that film, Rejected, that we just played a sound clip from, you can go to bitterfilms.com. When we come back, we rejoin Tim Riley at the news desk, and we regale you with more tales of information and entertainment. It is 503-228-4101. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Still to come, Brett Michaels tickets and more. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. And yes, I was just drumming along with Neil Peart uh, like a nitwit here in the studio. It is 503-228-4101. Coming up later on today, we'll talk to Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. And we're going to be giving away a pair of tickets to see Brett Michaels May 6th at the Roseland. Uh, you'll also win passes for you and a guest to meet and greet Brett and the chance to go on stage and perform the show's finale, which is nothing but a good time. So that uh, comes up uh, later on today. Uh, we have this email about the, the El Cortez. Let's see here. It says, uh, Rick, about the El Cortez, which is the, the, the casino hotel I stayed at in Vegas this weekend. Um, was the El Cortez where they went in the episode of Angel when they took the Vegas road trip, the one where people were having their destiny stolen from them? They rescued Lorne in that episode. I don't really know the answer because I was only kind of a sporadic Angel fan. Uh, because it, that show seemed to just uh, get off to a bad start. And then it got progressively worse. And I understand that it became good again in the end, uh, which is it's unfortunate that I, I kind of I bailed out before it, it redeemed itself. But I don't. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I never watched an episode of Angel. It was just, yeah, I, I got I got lots of mixed feelings about that. But I I will say this about the El Cortez. It is where they, um, it was the primary location, one of them anyway, for the TV series Lucky, which aired for one season only on FX about four years ago and starred John, uh, starred John Corbett of Northern Exposure and Sex in the City fame. Yes, Aiden. It was, yeah, it was a great, great show. It was fantastic. And it was it aired just a little bit too early to be successful because if they had put it on maybe a year later, it would have happened right around the same time as the poker craze, uh, but as it, uh, you know, as it so happened, it was just ahead of its time. Not unlike the movie uh, Rounders, a man of his time. It is Tim Riley at the news desk. In the news with Tim Riley, the University of Oregon's ultimate frisbee team's hopes of a national championship have died due to their own unsavory behavior. The school's executive committee ended the team season for conduct violations, including. Nudity and drinking. The team was already on probation at the end of the year when uh, Eugene police wrote citations for underage drinking and noise. What kind of a Frisbee team is this, Tim? (laughs) Well, then on April 11th, the team allegedly played a game naked with the club's A and B teams deciding to play Naked Point. This is a ritual in Ultimate Frisbee. Naked Point? Mm -hmm. One team plays without shirts and the other team plays without pants or... (laughs) Undergarments. I don't wish to play. <laughs> Here's the thing: is as you as you said, as you said the phrase, one team plays without shirts, 
just just in my bones somehow I knew that there was going to be one one team plays without pants. And yet it didn't diminish the humor at all when you actually used that phrase. That's wonderful. Boy, that you, that really is a, that's losing the coin toss in a big way when you have to play Frisbee with your uh, tackle out, as they would say in, in Britain. That's no good. And this is in public, presumably, right? It's not yes. like in a gymnasium or something. No. All right. What is ultimate Frisbee, by the way? I don't play the game. I'm not sure. All right. Well, there you go. So, uh, kids, uh, you know, don't uh, don't lead a life of ill repute because then your frisbee championships uh, it will never come to fruition, and all of your dreams will be dashed. Here's Tim Riley. Well, it looks like Matthew Broderick will be too busy to take a day off anytime soon. He and his wife Sarah and Jessica Parker are expecting twins, but they needed the help of a surrogate. Because they're a busy couple and can't get the job done themselves. I was going to say, because they're filming, she's filming the new Sex in the City movie. Yes. Is she that doesn't the, have a time for her own Sex in the City. Is that the, uh, <laughs> is, is that the medical assessment? Well, they just can't get the job done. That's the clinical term for it. So when, when you say a surrogate, what does that mean? Another lady. But I mean, does that mean where they, uh, where uh, Mr. Broderick's uh, seed is, uh, is, is put, put in someone else? Yes, basically. Is this just, do you suppose it's just because she doesn't want to, uh, she doesn't want to ruin that flawless physique she's got going on. She uh, doesn't want to be all uh, stretched out. I mean, look, look, Sarah Jessica Parker, don't you just figure at some point you kind of won the fame lottery? Mm-hmm. Because if you take a good long look at her, there's really no reason she should have been on that show to begin with. I mean, Oh, really... she's a good actress, though. She's got style. I don't disagree with that, but I'm saying in she's Hollywood. But it, 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 and she's really tiny. I've seen her in person. She's like a little pixie lady. So, right. I mean, your body can take you far. There's no need. To She'd be... explode if she had a baby. <laughs> there's no need to be defensive. I mean, she's a fine actress. No, her face is weird looking. I, that's, but she looks like a horse. She she just, there's like no horse. getting around it. And clearly. Uh, Maybe that's what took the fun out of doing it the natural way. There's no blinders big enough, Tim. Have you ever yeah. seen that website, Sarah Jessica Parker <laughs> looks like a horse.com? No. It's kind of amazing. I bet Matthew Broderick goes to it every day. <laughs> sort of picture and just bite down on this sugar. All right. The uh just, I'm just picturing Matthew Broderick with a carrot in his mouth, kinda of coaxing her into the bed. Come on. All right, all right, over here. All right, lay down. Good girl. Uh that's an unsettling image. I I was just gonna say Look, here's the thing. She's a great, she's a great actress, not, and I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be snarky about that. But if you see, for example, here's a great example: is the movie Ed Wood, uh, the Tim Burton film starring Johnny Depp and Bill Murray. And a lot of people. <laughs> is there something going on that I'm not aware of? There's. I'm sorry, I didn't <laughs> show the humorous picture. I'm, I can't a, see whatever is. No, you uh, just. I didn't mean to distract him, but I, I went to see if Sarah Jessica Parker looks like a horse.com is still there. And I so think it, it is true. Really? Oh wait, it hold has, on. Now I have to go. Slow, there. You have well, to look I, at I, it. I'm in the line of sight for these horse pictures. You are not. Is it just Sarah Jessica Parker looks like a horse.com? That's exactly what it is. Everybody, right. stop what they're doing and, and it's Sarah with an H. Along with it. S-A-R-A-H, yeah. All right. Uh, if you're every- at work, please put your work aside and join. <laughs> if you're in traffic, uh, please now. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, the, the traffic kind of takes care of itself in mornings because you can only really go so fast in rush hour traffic, right? I would say, in fact, the Rick Emerson show would go so far as to say that morning and afternoon traffic, that's the best time to surf the Internet uh, on your iPhone. It's true. Because it's not like you're going 60 miles an hour anyway, right? I mean, it's like the, the worst that can happen, you nudge a guy at five, oh, six miles an hour. A little fender bender. All right. So uh, everybody now, regardless of what you are doing, I don't care if you are navigating through an intersection don't filled with nuns. Don't tell people to type on the Internet while I, driving. I now command everyone to go to this website. Sarah Jessica Parker Ooh. looks like a... Horse.com. I mean, somebody actually spent the time to put this together. Oh, wow. <laughs> Whoa. Did it make that noise? It winnies. Was that her? <laughs> uh, 
Oh, that's un- that's okay. But just click through. Click next. Now I kind of feel bad. Is this just a whole? <laughs> it's a whole bunch of. Pictures. Is this just? A, is this just thousands of pictures of Sarah Jessica Parker next to pictures of horses? Yes. Oh my God, I feel like a bad person. Oh, look at the next one. Now- next one is the best one. I can. Improbably, <laughs> I feel terrible now. I didn't think that was possible. There's a photo of Sarah Jessica Parker with her mouth open as though she's uh, laughing uproariously at something. Right next to a picture of a horse that is whinnying. I swear to God, they, it's like it's like she's looking into a mirror. I believe that answers the question about the surrogate completely. All right. So, <laughs> uh, anywho, I guess the point I was going to make, which is now lost in this sort of uh, sea of guilt and hilarity about comparing her to... Something equestrian. Uh, it, th- I was going to say... i distract him. I was going to say that she's a great actress, because you look at Ed Wood, which is one of my favorite movies, one of Tim's favorite movies, and she really does... I mean, and I get it. I mean, I'm not trying to sound Eddie Haskell about it. I mean, she really is great. But even in Ed Wood, isn't there a line in Ed Wood the movie... Yes! ...where they... Where the they review. Are, they are theater actors, and they're reading a review of their play... They're waiting up all night for the L.A. Times or whatever it is to come out with a review of the play. And Johnny Depp and Sarah Jessica Parker and Bill Murray are sitting around waiting for the first edition of the paper to come out. And they're looking through, and it's a terrible review. And Sarah Jessica Parker's character in Ed Wood actually says, do I really look like a horse or something like that? It is. She's like, do I really look like a horse? And it was just somebody goes, no, no, no. They just, they just, you know, they always print the negative stuff or whatever. And they just, but you wonder if somebody who was writing the screenplay for Ed Wood was like, I'm going to see if I can slip this Sarah Jessica Parker horse thing in here. See if anybody notices, which is not unlike in Coraline. I don't know if everybody's seen Coraline, but, but, um, what's her name? Terry Hatcher is the voice of the, the, the other mother, the sort of uh, the evil twin mother. And at one point, the evil twin mother, morphs into this huge, creepy insect creature that looks vaguely human, which is not unlike how Terry Hatcher looks in real life. Mm -hmm. Because when I saw her at the premiere, she was just a tiny, bony little woman made out of triangles and hate. And that's exactly what the evil version of her looked like in Coraline. And so we all just looked at each other after we were like, well, did the animators nail her or what? Uh, Because they totally, everything about her, they captured and they put on screen. And I don't think she is aware of that. And I wonder if Sarah Jessica Parker is aware that that's why that line is probably in Ed Wood. Oh, I think so. She seems pretty aware. So I, so I'm, well, I guess what I'm saying is I give her credit uh, for rising above the fact that she looks like a horse uh, to become successful. That being said, it is surprising because in Hollywood, talent isn't really enough. I mean, in Hollywood, you typically got to be very glamorous looking unless you're going to be a character actor mm-hmm. of some kind. So if you're going to be like some J.T. Walsh guy or like, uh, you know, Mike Starr or one of those guys who, you know, their job is to play a schlump. You know, that's one thing, but Sarah Jessica Parker has these very glamorous roles. And so it is, I guess, a credit to her uh, that she was able to, to kind of rise to the top in an industry that you think would have taken one look at her and just been like, no, 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 you got to sand that thing off. What part? All of it, sister. Uh, so, all right. Well, I, in any I mean, event. You can imagine the conversation you heard telling Matthew Broderick, you know, uh, I, I'd like to have another child. And he's, oh, my pet, you look too much like a horse. <laughs> Well, I'd like to have relations with you, but uh, it's just that you look like a farm animal, honey. I uh, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, you've I mean got men. Love. You- <laughs> Everybody loves horses. I mean, every horses are beloved universally. Just not in that way, sugar. Now, uh, why don't you trot on off to the kitchen? Give me some. All right. Well, there you go. So they're going to be having a surrogate whatever. Is that where he... So I don't understand why she's having a surrogate if she already had a baby. Wait, when, who who already has a baby? Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh, so they've already Potter. had sex at least once? Yes. Now, do we know that they... Uh, that I they don't, is that the fact that do they have was a, conceived in that how, manner? How can I speak about something um, like if I'm speculating without being sued? 
Um, well, you could just say that it, it, you are speculating. It is your uh, opinion, which is protected by the First Amendment to the Constitution of the United States. From your outside perspective, one uh, might be forgiven for coming to the conclusion that. Um, yes, all of that. And the fact, OK, so there was uh, there were rumors that Matthew Broderick was cheating on Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah. How twisted would it be if maybe the surrogate, maybe that was the woman he was having the affair with. And then he accidentally knocked her up and now they're spinning the surrogate. We're story. not saying that's the no, case. That's, You're just saying in some alternate reality, in some alternate reality, were that the case? But how do, interesting would that be? Well, do we know? Because Tim, she's because we know Sarah Jessica Parker can have the babies. Well, Tim yeah. raises an interesting point. Do we know that the last child uh, was conceived in the I, in traditional that, Christian I, fashion? No, but I mean, do we know that like oh. that they were, uh, you know, what do they say? Getting they, it they on do, is, is people in uh, Vancouver, B.C. doing dumpsters. Are you talking about she wasn't a member of the cast of Baster? The best part, by the way, is how you're comparing having sex with Sarah Jessica Parker to having sex in a dumpster. <laughs> What's the first thing that comes to mind? I don't know. A why. dumpster filled with horses. OK, I'm so sorry about everything. Everything every day that we do here. I apologize. We should just begin doing a blanket apology at the beginning and end of the show. Where we just uh, say that we're so terribly sorry about the, about all of this. Well, in any event, here's Tim Riley at the news desk. Here's a double hick watch. Here's your double hick watch for uh, Wednesday on the Rick Emerson Show. Ladies and gentlemen. Copenhagen makes me feel so good. Copenhagen, the way I know it should. Well, I put a little chew in my mouth, go spitting and slobbering on around the house. All right. Here's Tim Riley with your double hick watch. This comes to us from Grand Forks, North Dakota. A woman was breastfeeding her baby while drunk. She's been charged with child neglect. The woman named Stacy pled not guilty. A police report says she was charged after officers responded to a domestic disturbance call, found her breastfeeding her six-week-old child while drunk. The attorney general says it's the first time in her five years. As a prosecutor, she's handled such a charge. Defense attorney David Ogden declined to comment, saying he's... It's still reviewing this case. Well, I mean, I mean, in defense of this probably toothless rube, uh, I mean, who even knew that that was a crime? I mean, that they, 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 you were not allowed to breastfeed while you're while you're drinking. I would have, I, if I were uh, uh, moms, I would have no idea uh, that that's not a thing. Because like, look, I, I'm not suggesting that you get all uh, liquored up every time you go uh, to, you know, for the, your kid to get his uh, suckle on. But uh, it, it, doesn't it seem? Doesn't it seem like the health risks of that are probably vastly overstated? Well, I think all of the milk is all the nutrients and stuff that the baby needs. So in turn, like, I don't, I don't know if it's... Yeah, but you got a liver that filters all that stuff out. I mean, yeah, it just... Yeah, maybe I think it gets the baby drunk. I don't think that's true. And here's why. Because th- that whole thing about not smoking or drinking while you're pregnant is, relatively speaking, that is a recent uh, change in the American way of yes. life. And you know what? There's 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 more uh, there's more stupid uh, people now than there have ever been uh, before. And presumably, women are having healthier uh, pregnancies. So you go back to like the 40s and 50s and 60s. I mean, it seems like if drinking and smoking while you're pregnant was really dangerous, then I mean, like everybody uh, 40 years ago would have just come out of the womb with like three arms and no brain. And also in France, I think they said in France that women there just booze constantly while they're pregnant. Yes, and they all grow up to be fashionable and hot. So. I'm they just, all make pornographic videos and give them to their brother-in-laws for safekeeping. Exactly, Tim. That's because they're a nation on the go. So I'm not saying you should drink and smoke while you're pregnant. I'm just saying I, I think that the risk to the baby is probably exaggerated, if not almost totally fabricated. That would just be my... I'm not a doctor, though. So, Part two, off we go to Yatkin County, North Carolina. A man who was intertubing down the Yatkin River had to be rescued after his tube blew up, leaving him clinging to a tree, hanging on for life. The water... 
is not freedom. Something you see on TV, not something that happens, you know? My cheek busted. So it was gone, I mean, quick like that. Yeah, I mean, I watched it. He started sinking quick. I, I went straight for his hand. He pulled me to the tree. I tried to throw him my tube. It went down the river. He was like, call now. How many people are speaking so of this new story? Well, I tried to reach bottom and my, I, I went under. Wow. <laughs> I was on the bank and was worried. <laughs> I, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if he was going to go under, if you know the tree was going to he was going to slip off of it or anything. I love him. What just happened at the end of that? What is it? I love him with all my heart. Well, uh, the, the tractor noise. We now take you to a man who is giving sound bites to a reporter while being fed feet first into a wood chipper. Bob? <laughs> the water is not freedom. Okay, what, what is that? The water, water is, is my freedom? The water is my prolific. freedom? Yes. Play that one more time, please. All right. The water is like freedom. Something you see on TV, not something that happens, you know? Hold like on. The, the water is like freedom? Like that. I guess so. Yeah, I mean, I watched it. He started sort of sinking. Okay, we got a blood play. I like the, an went straight for his hand. Hey, let's go to the, the end one more time here so we can hear this clanking chain noise that comes out of nowhere. He was like, call 911. So that's what I did. <laughs> well, I tried to reach bottom and my... I, I went under. <laughs> I was on the bank and was worried. <laughs> I, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if he was going to go under, if you know the tree was going to he was going to slip off of it or anything. I love him with all my heart. I love him with all my heart. <laughs> He's just so beautiful. All right, that's fantastic. It's five oh three. They should have moved the tractor for the soundbite, but they didn't. I, I mean, but the best part is like it. it it is as though he's suddenly inside the engine. <laughs> you know, like halfway through the sound, about to hold on a second. I'm going to clamber inside this here carburetor while you get with the uh, talking parts of this. Jesus. All right. Uh, straight ahead, more news from Tim Riley, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. The top five drug songs written by someone who's clearly never done drugs. And uh, we'll be giving away a pair of tickets to see uh, Brett Michaels as well. Thank you. It's the Rick Emerson Show. There's your double hick watch for Wednesday. Spitting slobbering on around the house that Copenhagen makes me feel so good. How about you? The Rick Emerson Show returns. Oh, yeah. No, she's, uh, no, yeah, no. Daddy, daddy likes her. Ew. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's 503 228 Four one zero one. Coming up sometime in the next hour, your chance to win a pair of tickets to see Brett Michaels May sixth at the Roseland. Uh, that comes along with a meet and greet with Brett Michaels and the chance to join him on stage for the last song of the night, which is nothing but a good time. So that is coming up in the next hour of the show, ladies and gentlemen. Tim Riley is tracking the following headlines on this Wednesday morning. Well, the Blazers are still in the game. They are still in the playoffs. They'll be playing tomorrow night, traveling to Houston. We have some of the 911 calls after the uh, president's plane flew over New York City, spooking everybody. PSU's rowing team is credited for fishing a drowning woman out of the Willamette River. A Salem is arrested after a two-year-old was found wandering the streets and crying to itself. And a restraining order is issued to keep Sam Lefty away from Brittany, who is allegedly pregnant. Fantastic. I mean, now, is he, he's not pregnant with a, a little Lefty, though, is he? No, no, no. That's a separate story. No, she's had the restraining order against her. I think that, yeah. Because a restraining order always, because because that's always the way that works, is that a restraining order in place, that uh, that always keeps the couple from getting back together for, you know, just one of the one of the good times. Uh, so, it, real quickly, I just have to say a couple of things. Do we know who impregnated Brittany? I mean, allegedly? I do not know. All right. Uh, and, and she was looking like bloated or something. Well, it's not. I mean, she was looking a little 
uh, here's the thing. She's, you know, she's not fat, obviously. Uh, but when uh, when I saw her on Saturday night, I mean, presuming that it was her, and it, who, you know, who knows? I could have stuck somebody else in a wig and just trotted around out there. But I, but she was wearing an outfit that did, it just seemed like it was for somebody a size or two smaller. It was because uh, you got that thing where, like, at the the leg, like at the thigh area, where it you can see that uh, it, there's a little bit of. Uh, what am I? What am I trying to say? Sort of like how that pie crust kind of rolls over the edge sometimes mm. uh, in the pie pan. That's a little bit what was going on with uh, with Brittany in the thigh she area. Little, so like, she's kind of shaped top? like a pie now. <laughs> yes, it's a perfect circle, Tim. Brittany's gone all spherical on us. Uh, in any event, hey, by the way, during the break, uh, Sarah said the greatest thing. We I wrote this down. Throwing up makes my eyes all puffy. It what did. is that about? I don't. Know. What kind of throwing up are you doing that is making your eyes go puffy? Well, because I don't throw up very often, and so like I was sitting there and I was like. Feeling really nauseous, nauseated, nauseous. This is last night when you had the aspirin stuck in your throat? Yes, and I woke up at exactly midnight, and I was like having this burning pain in my chest. When you initially swallowed the aspirin, did you know that it didn't go all the way down? Kind of, but I figured it would just kind of work its way down or dissolve or but it something. Would, it would, just, it would, it would work itself out somehow. Yeah, so all then right. I woke up, uh, let's see, it was probably like an hour and a half later, like exactly at midnight, and I'm just like... Yeah. Like horrible pain, yeah, and it was I could feel it like all over me. I'm just like, oh god, what happened? I thought maybe it got like lodged in like some of the like lining of my esophagus or something and wouldn't be able to get out. See, that's my whole thing too because I have no grasp of how the anatomy actually is, is shaped or, or, or put together and how anything actually works. Mm-hmm. That in my head, if I swallow something incorrectly, I feel like it's going to end up like inside my lung in some terrible that's how I place. Felt them, like, can it just go through like some magical wall inside of my body and like end up in my lungs? My lungs are starting to hurt a little too. I'm like. Did I get aspirin in my lungs? <laughs> this is, which is the sort of thought that makes a lot of sense to you at midnight or something. Oh, yeah. I was completely delirious. And so I decided to get up, drink a bunch of water. I still felt um, like it was still painful. So then I decided to eat a granola bar. So I'm like, maybe the granola bar will dislodge. Maybe that'll take it down with it. Exactly. And then I um, went and tried to lay down again. That didn't happen. Drank some more water. Laid there. Felt totally nauseous. Wait, did, like, did you forcibly induce vomiting or did you? Uh... I, yeah, yeah, I induced it because I was laying oh. there and I felt... Right. really sick and i i could tell it was gonna come I'm like well screw this i can tell it's gonna happen and that is the break glass in case of emergency yeah uh, that, that is the scorched earth policy uh, of something in your throat where you're just like i gotta get rid of this i guess I'll... i know and i thought i thought i got rid of it then i didn't so then i had to go back again so it was like three times and well that's that's fantastic and my well, eyes are like totally puffy today your eyes don't look puffy you look... i don't understand how people can be bulimic you I are you saying it just because you dislike the, uh, I, the sensation dis- of vomiting? I dislike the sensation of vomiting, and I always look like crap afterward. That's you know, a lifestyle choice. Well, that's true, Sarah. You have to sometimes. It, uh, you know, it's like you got to spend money to make money. Uh-huh. Sometimes you got to. Uh, sometimes you got to look bad before you can look good. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Here's why I could never be bulimic: a, because I hate the vomit; b, because I read the most horrifying uh, thing uh, one time, and I don't even know if it's true. This could be a thing that is sort of made up. But they claimed that when you're bulimic, they said after a, little, a while of doing that, and I think this has been depicted in any number of Hallmark films uh, starring Meredith Baxter Burning, if you're bulimic for any length of time, I read some magazine article where they said, and after a while, it makes your teeth skinny. Oh, is, no, it does. The, your stomach acid eats away at your teeth. See, I don't even know what that means for your teeth. I mean, I guess I know what skinny means, but I can't picture what it would look like for my teeth to suddenly be skinny. It's because like your because your stomach doesn't break down the food because that's what bulimics do. It's like they'll put all the food in their stomachs and then run to the bathroom right. and throw it all up. So like your body's just starting to break it down. So right, all there's, of that. Yeah, there's acid on your teeth, but I mean... But, but but I mean, is it just like is it my is it your teeth just get brittle or do they actually get like thinner? Is it, like I'm picturing. I think it probably wears them down. I, which is odd to me because then in my head it's like I'm a Basil Wolverton uh, drawing where I've just got I've got these like tiny little like uh, pinprick teeth, little peg teeth, <laughs> little peg teeth.
And uh, this is our uh, other daughter, Little Peg Teeth. And, uh, well, she was born without a tongue. Anyway, it's uh, 503-228-4101. And you had your date yesterday, too. It wasn't a date. Were you, I, did, well, do you think you were, I don't know what it was. Did you feel sick because you were uh, because you were unnerved by your date? Or my How did your date go? Was it a thumbs up or a thumbs down? It was interesting. I don't I I don't know if it was like a date or if we were just hanging out. I have no idea. I I'm still completely confused. How long was your Well, this where did you cuz you went to lunch, right? We went to lunch. And he seemed kind of nervous. How like could you not know if it was a date afterward? I can understand maybe beforehand. Because I don't know cuz I'm still confused of whether or not he might have a girlfriend. Did you All right. I didn't ask I, him. Because I didn't want it to be weird. Because because then you if it wasn't uh-huh. because if it wasn't a date, then I didn't want him to assume he's like, then why are you all up in my business? This is a lie. This is a this is a tissue of lies that you are spreading right now. All right. Well, I, we don't, okay. Here's the, we have to stay there. We'll talk about that. Uh, Brett Michaels uh, tickets we're going to be giving away as well. Uh, news with Tim Riley at the news desk and the top five drug songs written by someone who's clearly never done drugs. That's all on the way. It's five zero three two two eight four one zero one. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock one zero one. KUFO. I didn't do anything nearly as exciting. Uh, here's what I did do last night. So I would. You mean you didn't spend your night vomiting? No. Going on pseudo dates? <laughs> How glamorous your... my life is. Please, Rick, be more like me. <laughs> put it under your interest in MySpace. Sarah Dillon enjoys vomiting uncontrollably in the middle of the night. And, and going out to lunch with guys who probably have girlfriends. Spending. See, see, that, that right there when you say he probably has a girlfriend. I don't, so I did finally ask one of my friends who I thought might know if he had a girlfriend. How or long not? were you on this date? Well, we we met up at like one for lunch in the afternoon. In the afternoon. When did you? Okay, when when did you walk w- and away was, and he walked the other way and you were done? Lunch was done at three, so then we were outside talking and I'm like, okay, well, I just walked. So you're in a two-hour lunch and it never comes up. Well, and then yeah, and then I was you know standing out there and I thought we were gonna say our goodbyes. I'm like, all right. He's like, well, do you want to go get a beer? I'm like, okay. So we walked and had a beer and then hung out for another couple hours. You know. You really are adorable, but how can you delude yourself he like wasn't, this? He, it wasn't romantical or anything. How much total time did you spend with this guy yesterday? Five hours. Mm-hmm. Okay. Happy friend time. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Well, here's what I did. I don't even have. To, I don't have time to, to tell the, the, everything, but I, but the night ended um, as it often does at our house uh, over some Italian food. Cause I'm a huge sucker for it, Italian food of any variety. I mean, really, if I had to pick one thing, one style of food to eat for like the next year, uh, it'd be that. And we've been talking a lot about secret Aardvark habanero hot sauce, and it has uh, you know kind of a southwestern uh, flavor to it. But we you know talk about how you can put it on almost anything. I'm not going to say it's the only spice or the only condiment you'll use ever again, but I will say this: you get yourself a bottle of secret Aardvark habanero. Hot sauce. It's going to be the most frequently used hot sauce, condiment, uh, spice, additive you put in your food. You're going to use it more than anything else because it goes with almost anything. And actually, and I have to say, it was just sort of just as an experiment more than anything else. I actually put some on this sort of Italian. It was like a 
It was like a rigatoni uh, sort of a dish that we had last night. And I put a little bit of the uh, secret aardvark habanero hot sauce on there, and it was fantastic. And it adds heat to it. It doesn't overwhelm the flavor. It augments the flavor. Uh, and it just it adds a little more punch to it without diluting down the taste of whatever it is you're eating. And it's a Portland recipe. It's a Portland company. You can feel good about that. And you can find it all over. You can get it at uh, all new seasons markets, Portland area Whole Foods. And you can go to secretardvark.com uh, to find out more. That is two ways. Secretardvark.com. If you don't see it at your favorite restaurant, demand it. Ask for it sternly. Uh, you can also find it at a whole lot of stores. If you don't see it there, you ask for it. You can go to secretardvark.com. Com to find out more. Secret Aardvark Abanero Hot Sauce. One sauce to rule them all. Broadcasting from the greatest city on earth. Our phone lines are open. <laughs> Caller 10 gets my seed. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Don't call about that now. Please. Or, you know, ever. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's 503-228-4101, ladies and gentlemen. 503-228-4101. Uh, coming up in mere moments, we have more news with Tim Riley. Uh, we'll also do the uh, top five. The top five drug songs performed by someone who clearly has never, ever, ever done drugs. Looking at the phone. Don't call about my seed. Ew, I don't think God. anyone's calling you about your seed. I'm looking at the phones. The phones are blowing up, sir. Okay, that's a little disturbing. The, really, a few things that will get people uh, motivated in the morning like my seed. I mean, that's, you just, need to uh, that's just a fact. That's Seriously, just, look, people I can't, are like, uh, they're eating breakfast right now. You need to stop talking not. about that. Let's go back to my skinny teeth. Right. It's a uh, five zero three. So I can talk about profusely vomiting. Two two eight four one zero one. I'm sorry, Greg. He's having the. Seriously, he's having the. No, no, no. There's no seed today. No, it's a figurative seed, ma'am. No, ma'am. I'm sorry. The. All right. Well, I'm going to uh, muddy the waters even more, ladies and gentlemen, uh, by saying that right now, if you can be caller ten, but now listen before you pick up the phone. Uh, if you can be caller ten and can correctly identify the poison video from which this soundbite is drawn. You'll win a pair of passes to see Brett Michaels May 6th at the Roseland. Also passes for you and a guest to meet and greet Brett and the chance to join him on stage for the last song of the night, Nothing But a Good Time. If you can correctly identify the poison video that gave us this soundbite. Hey, you! I told you before, I'm paying you to wash dishes, not to listen to that, that rock and roll. I got a whole restaurant full of people out there. You're moving in two speeds, slow and stop. They either get your button gear or you're out of here. Get it? Move! So if you could be caller number 10 at 503-228-4101 and correctly identify the poison video from which that soundbite... I'm paying you to wash dishes, not to listen to that. That rock and roll. ...is derived. You will go to see Brad Michaels, a pair of passes, you and a guest, uh, and a meet and greet and the chance to join him on stage. It's 503-228-4101. Tim Riley's tracking the following headlines on this Wednesday morning. Oregon lawmakers want to find you $90 if caught talking on a cell phone while driving... The UFO's Frisbee team is disgraced following an unfortunate incident involving drinking and nudity. Brazen Northwest Airlines employees at PDX admit to stealing over 200 items from flyers' luggage and selling them on eBay. Why, they even used a supervisor's computer to log on. Salacious sex tapes involving the French president's wife are missing. And we'll talk about the possibility of Brittany being expecting another child. Fantastic. Woo. Hey, is that cell phone thing, is that going to be a, like a primary offense where they can pull you over for it? Or is it going to be that jazz where they have to find some other reason to, to yank you over the side of the road and then they ticket you for that as well? That's a good question because there is a shortage of police officers on the highway in the first place. And it seems like the, the cops that are out there, and we have a lot of cops who listen to the show, that they have, you know, real work to be doing and yeah. actual crimes to be stopping. Mm-hmm. It seems. I mean, either. I mean, I mean, look. Even if you are, even if you, your patrol is is um, confined to the roads. In other words, it's not like you're going to be off stopping a burglary or something. But if you're some guy who's either patrolling the highway or whatever, 
It seems like maybe that time would be better spent, I don't know, finding a guy who's like weaving madly in and out of traffic or that logging truck next to me that always seems to have a rusty chain that's oh, keeping... Oh, that's going like 75 miles an hour and it's supposed to be going 60? <laughs> barreling down the freeway oh. on its on its way to deliver somebody's final destination. And um, you can't pass it. The person in front of you is driving too slow and you can't get out the back way. Exactly. So, yeah. But instead, you know, they're going to focus on people who cannot drive it. If you can't hold a conversation with somebody and drive a car at the same time, you shouldn't have a driver's license in the first place. Just makes no sense at all. It really is just like one step above walking and chewing gum. So mm-hmm. get off my back. Uh, it's five zero three. Not you know, just to, to the man. It's five zero three two two eight four one zero one. We'll uh, endeavor to give away these Brett Michaels tickets here just a few minutes. But I want to uh, just clarify something that we were talking oh, about a few minutes ago. No, so see you no, today. so you so this was the uh, the date that you were supposed to go on Friday, right? Yeah, I was supposed to go on it last week. But then it didn't happen Friday because of you were just busy. Or because I delayed of- it because I wanted to see if we could make it later because I was. Um, I knew I was going to have a later night on Thursday, and I really wanted to get my nap in right. before the weekend. So then you went on this, uh, the, the, what are you calling it, a semi-date, a, quasi, a maybe date? It's a, a non-date. But, but you don't know that it's a non-date. I don't though. know if it what is a date. What makes a difference? Is it if he is single, was it a date? Does it retrospectively maybe. become a date in your in your assessment if he's single? How long are you at? You were with five hours, and you never found out if he had a girlfriend? No, I didn't want to ask. Okay, but here, see, but that was, see, but that was my thing. That's my thing right there. If, I'm just speaking for myself. If you and another person, presuming it's not like a, look, it's one thing it's like a, like a, a business lunch or something, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're there and you're talking about, hey, the firm's going to get that big account this fall. Won't that be exciting? We'll all get bonuses. Or, you know, like you're having some, in other words, if you are having lunch with somebody and it is a, a lunch or a meeting in which your personal life, it would not be appropriate or relevant. That's one thing. Well, we talked a lot about, like, he is a, an entertainer of sorts. Mm-hmm. I'll just say that. And, um, not a comedian. All right. <laughs> um, He's an entertainer. Is and he ever so slightly nutty? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I have a type. Right. And uh, I'm, and I'm certainly not <laughs> saying that. I'm not certainly not saying that every male performer who's a little unstable has a uh, has a, a rock solid woman at home keeping things afloat. I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> oh, here's God. no. Here's my thing. If you are well, having, he's, he's talked about like his friend, like one of his good friends who I know. Like really, he talked about his. What's her name? No, this guy. Okay. No, he's a guy. Uh-huh. And he was talking about the guy and. His girlfriend. Did he do a like, lot of? Oh, uh, so and so's lived here, you know, with his girlfriend for four years, but he didn't make any mention of living with his. Was he doing? Was there a lot of pronouning uh, happening? No, I was listening for the we. I so, didn't uh, hear a we. So I'm going to see somebody later on. Uh, they're they're big fans of uh, Seth Rogen, so they and I are going to go see uh, a movie together. No, I was waiting for the we. Here's I was the, like, so when he was talking. Waiting was for talking the about, we. The Sarah was, Dillon story. <laughs> I was waiting for the we because I was waiting for him to slip up and be like, "Oh yeah, we love that movie" or something. But he never did. Either he's really good. Does he have a ring over here? No ring. All right. Let me ask you this. At any point, did he, A, invite you to his home? No. No. Uh, I'll just bottom line this. If you are having a social, in other words, a friendly lunch with somebody where there's nothing is really off limits. Not like you just didn't share intimate details as such. But in other words, it's like one thing if you're going to lunch with the boss or something. Uh Or, you know, with, you know, like a teacher or a colleague. You're not going to talk about this stuff. Uh, But if you're having just a a casual lunch with just, you know, some guy that that you're kind of friendly with. You actively have to go, I mean, you have to go out of your way not to reveal whether you are single or not over five hours, just because that's one of the things people talk about. That is just the way that humans behave. You would actively have to avoid the subject. You would have to make a concerted effort to not address it, because that is just, because that's just, that's one of the things that always comes up. I mean, so how would it not? So either he's 
single or he's a skis ball. If you and I didn't know each other and we talked for five hours, at the end of that five-hour conversation, you would know that I was married and I would know that you were currently single. Just because that be, because how could it not come up? I know, Even and I didn't know how to bring it, it up, up because I think that he was he was structuring like the way he was talking and things around it to where I I you know the conversation like I didn't want to ask the you question. You didn't anyway. want to know. It's I not didn't that you didn't want to ask. You didn't you didn't know. Uh, well, you because didn't he seemed know the pretty cool, and I didn't want to know like if he did have a girlfriend. I didn't want to know that he's being a sleaze ball, and because. Like nothing happened. Like we didn't even touch any each other or anything. Like no like hand holding. How many or... dates of this type would you accept before you just demanded an answer from him? Before you brought it to his attention? You know what? Certainly, if you go out, like if a I know one if I talk these, to him, it's no, awkward. If the... I, if I talk to him again, if if we talk again after yesterday, then I'll ask him. How would you bring it up? We'll do a little role play. So uh, I love this place. I'm gonna get some uh, chicken wings. Who likes chicken wings? Everybody likes chicken. Wings. Um, Sarah, like do you like chicken wings? wings? I love them. Hey, how uh, about that big game last night? Yeah, the big game. Was, local sports it's team. Crazy. Our local sports. They're teams. gonna go all the way. Yeah, they're really good. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, I was telling you. No, about we can't how go I to live. my place. It's no, my place is being fumigated. Oh, okay. No, stop. Okay. Um. You know. You know. I was saying that. You know. I live at a place by myself. You don't really like living. Your place. You live by yourself. That's great. Yeah. Your place would work perfectly. My place isn't any good. No, so it's, do you, uh, do it you, flooded. Actually. No, do you have any roommates or anything? I have no. Uh, you know uh, what I don't have any of is furniture. It's all out. There's nowhere to sit at my place. It's uh, it's all being reupholstered. Your place, though, you live alone, Sarah. That's uh, that's great. We so should use you your live place. alone. Um. Uh, well, you know, I find that I'm not much you of a. You do like I live with my dog. <laughs> I have a dog. He's great. Uh, his name is uh, Barkley, and uh, we're 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 best pals. I've so had him for a did, long time. He did. Talk you know, about... he's old and blind. All right, end role playing. So he did talk about safe word. Zucchini. <laughs> He did talk about the fact that he lived at, at the place that he currently resides at for X amount of years, mm-hmm. but didn't mention anything else about so it. So he's like, got a kind of a stable life going on. So he said that... I'm sure that he's able to do that all on his own, being a uh, nutty entertainer. There's probably nobody helping out with that. Oh, he just seems so cool. Like, I'd find it really... He seems so cool. He seems like the kind of person that somebody w- would be attracted <laughs> to. Any girl would be a fool to let him go. I just find it really weird. I don't know, because I've talked to some of my friends who are in relationships. I'm like, mm. do you think this is weird? I'm like, is this appropriate for somebody who has a girlfriend to be, you know, going out to lunch? And then, like, P.S., then I tried to end the lunch. So we met at one, then it was three. And then I'm like, okay. So we're, like, saying our goodbyes and, like, you know, talking. Then And, and it's just like, well, do you want to go grab a drink or something? I'm like, So this is like okay. the date kept getting extended. Yes, it got extended. Yes. It got extended until my friends actually... Uh, Came and met me at the bar because we were going to go watch the Blazer game. Would you like to get an objective assessment uh, on this? Right. Well, hang hang on. We'll just let's do this here. Uh, let's see. What if you uh, passed him a piece of paper and asked him to write his uh, marital check, set, yes or no, and pass it back to you <laughs> without oh, God. In long term relationship, acting creepy, uh, check one, please. <laughs> All right, hold on a second. All right, well, uh, we'll we'll do the we'll do an Insta poll about that here in just a few. Let's uh, before we do anything else, ladies and gentlemen, let's go to the phone, shall we? Uh, hello. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Good morning to you. How are you doing? I am doing fantastically, my friend. First of all, are you able to hear the show on hold right now? Uh, yeah. All right. Hey, uh, th- what Sarah was on yesterday? First of all, do you think that was a date? Dude, I think what? Do I? Th- do you think that thing that Sarah was on yesterday was a date? That thing we were just talking about? Uh, yeah. All right. Do you think uh, the guy probably has a, a, a special someone at home? Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> All right. Well, good answer, sir. Way See, to play that's the good. Note. I like that answer. All right. Uh, you just heard us play a poison uh, sound cut. It is a cut from one of their videos. I'll just play it again here so everybody else can hear what we're talking about. It's this right here. Sure. Right there. All right. Can you identify the poison video from which that sound clip comes, my friend? I'm pretty sure it's I want action. Sadly, you are mm. incorrect, my friend. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. Wow. And then he's out. No. Gone. 
Walt. Wow. He took that personally. All right. Uh, hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Who's this? All right. Can you? Hello. Hello. Hi. Yes. Hello, sir. Hey. Hi. How are you doing today? Good time. All right. Uh, can you identify uh, the video from which this soundbite uh, right here is drawn? I need to wash dishes. Nothing, nothing but a good time. It is, in fact, from the video for nothing but a good time. Congratulations. And you your... might get to sing it with him. <laughs> what is your name, sir? Aaron. Aaron, you are going to see uh, Brett Michaels at the Roseland May 6th along with a friend. You've also won meet and greet passes and the chance to join Brett on stage. Yes, for that song, nothing but a good time. Congratulations, sir. All right, thank you. I'm, all right, I'm put you on hold, and uh, Greg Nibbler will uh, get your information there. All right, fantastic. I believe we should take a break. Okay. It's 503-228-4101. Uh, still to come, news with Tim Riley, uh, the top five, and uh, we'll do uh, an Insta poll here to see, what the, uh, to see what the people say about We don't your, need uh, to do that. Do you not want to take the cultural pulse or a thing like that, temperature, feel the pulse, whatever it is? Do you okay, want to do well, the thing with the thing? I'd be kind of curious to see if Maybe a couple All right. of All right. We come back. We'll let do that. Tim Riley at the news desk when we return. Plus the top five. It is the Rick Emerson radio show. It's Rock 101. KUFO. Broadcasting from the greatest city on earth. Our phone lines are open. <laughs> Caller 10 gets my seed. The Rick Emerson show returns. I know this is the most frequently used statement in this program, but why was I saying that? I don't know, but why does it keep playing? I don't know. Don't call about my seed. And then, by the way, that's not just now. That's always. Now and forever. Don't call about my seed. It's 503-228-4101. It is the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, Tim Riley's tracking the following headlines on this Wednesday morning. Well, if you were Ed McMahon, why would you want to get up in the morning? Now he's suing Cedars-Sinai <laughs> for misdiagnosing a broken neck. As if he doesn't have enough problems. How can you misdiagnose a broken neck? That he seems feels like a, that they did. That seems like a binary condition. That is, Your neck is either broken. That's just absurd. Your neck is either broken or it's not. What do you mean they misdiagnosed it? That's what he says. And he's 86 years old and he breaks up to nothing but problems every day. All right. I'm looking for a way to... I'm trying to figure out a way to do a yes, sir. And there's just no... I can't... That is a... You know, like, that is correct, sir. Or like a yes kind of a thing. And there's just... There's no way for me to wedge that in here. Uh, Portland Craigslist stalker gets 25 years for stalking ladies. Another Kent Washington man went on the Craigslist looking for a woman to have sex and then murder. Wait, but so but is it, he wanted to murder her. Right. So is, she didn't place an ad saying and, like... And he wanted to charge her for her own murder. And then he went up on the price. <laughs> well, that's probably where the... I guess that's America for that, you. That's where, that's where it all... Well, these are trying times, Tim. One must uh, gather ye rosebuds while ye may. All right, fantastic. What did you say? We were talking about Sarah's uh, date, non-date, quasi-date yesterday, and which, by the way, the the the, uh, the email and the calls are running about thirty, 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 with like a, like a third of the people saying it was a date, third of the people saying it wasn't, and third of people going, "I just don't know what to believe." I know, I don't know what to believe. I'm but, not third. But he went five hours and never mentioned or revealed whether he maybe was single. Maybe he didn't feel it was important. Maybe she doesn't exist. Maybe they they're one of those couples that maybe they lived together and then they had like a amicable, happy breakup, but neither of them wanted to move out. Oh, so. you're not saying it was like they have an understanding or something? No, I, which I, could also be the case. I do not want to be involved in an understanding I, sort know, of. I'm just saying relationship. So. So before we do the, uh, the sort of the insta poll here, so Tim, what did you say the term for this is in uh, Los Angeles? Uh, spending some time, and because so, nobody likes the word date, it's it sounds like something that people went on during you know Ozzy and Harriet. Like you're going to go split a soda at the uh, at the malt shop yeah. or something, and, and just have two straws sticking out of a malt. <laughs> so this is so you, you were uh, so if you say you're spending some time with somebody. That is yeah. where you are. You're, you're dating, spending but you time. don't call it. Is that like um, uh, like you know, seeing each other or something? 
Uh-oh. Is, coughing is it seeing here. each other like more like constant? I, I don't yes. know. Well, this yeah. is hold on. seeing each other, spending some time. Going, spending, going steady? Going steady. I just went and Are had Are you pinned? A, I had a lunch. I took a lunch. That's what I did. You took a lunch. I took a lunch. No, see, that sounds just great. Just lunch. That sounds too, that franchise. And that sounds too, uh, that sounds too business-like. Doesn't that sound very Mad Men? Sort of a Peggy, take a lunch and a letter. Well, we did talk a lot about like our jobs and stuff, but then he did tell me like, I don't know, some stuff about like his family. He told you he has a dog. He told you about his family. Wouldn't you think at some point there, the third part of that trifecta is the single, not single, dating somebody, seeing somebody? I don't know. Some kind of relationship, whatever. Well, maybe he didn't want, I mean, maybe he doesn't know my singledom stamp. Everyone knows that. That's a lot. Your MySpace (laughs) profile says you're single, I think. Yeah. So also, you know, you're here every day saying you're single. So, (laughs) well, maybe he just. uh, I don't know. Uh-huh. I, I can't. I have too many uh, maybes in my uh, head. So here's the thing. Uh, so we're going to do this. Uh, we're going to. Uh, we've got a, a special guest that's going to weigh in uh, on this in just a second. Oh, so um, it is not time for a Rick Emerson show. Uh, Instapol. I don't know where my Instapol music went. Um, it's five zero three. Yes, it is. It's five zero three two two eight four one zero one five zero three two two eight four one zero one. So was what Sarah went on yesterday a date? What are we asking people specifically? Is it was it a date or is it that he is it weird? Okay, was it uh, was it date no girlfriend? Date with girlfriend, no date. Are we asking people girlfriend? if he if they know. think he has a girlfriend? Maybe that's I think it because I, I think, think it's a date. Question. It's the second or you know you made a social engagement. You had a five hour it's lunch. It's only and a drinks. date if he doesn't have a girlfriend, which I don't know. Okay, so we're going to be. Uh, is he? Is he? Do they believe he is covering up a girlfriend? Okay. All right. So there you go. Having heard Sarah's date story yesterday, the Instapol lines are open. It's five zero three two two eight. Four one oh one. Uh we'll do the uh, Rick Emerson Insta poll. Is the guy probably covering up a girlfriend? Before we do that, let's uh I'm sorry, let's welcome now to the uh, Rick Emerson show, uh program director uh, oh, Chris God. Paddock. Hello, sir. <laughs> I don't know, it's like a special correspondent on this. It's like you're you're our Christiana Monpour. <laughs> so Paddock came and met us for a beer yesterday, so he met he met the the, the, the gentleman in question. Yes. I met I met Maynard. Maynard. And uh I I gotta tell you, um I don't think this was a date. You don't think, I think it was a date? I don't, uh, and, and here's why. Uh, I don't think there was any intention there, and, and I think Tim brought this up. It's just lunch. It's not like one of those business-type meetings for a moment, and, and, and a lot of the, the topics seem to be about jobs, old jobs, new jobs, Sarah's job. Well, yeah, but you met up like three hours after we'd been hanging out. And do you find okay. it odd, though, that over five hours, uh, one's so relationship think, status would never come well, up? Well, look, I mean, I, look, and you would think that that would have come up, and, and maybe this was like a feeling out or something, like, mm, what's going on here? Right. Um, I, did he, wait, I have to ask this. Did, what, did you guys go Dutch on the uh, Chinese food? Yes. Okay. Well, it's not a date. Uh, so you yeah. believe See, not I, a date because he wasn't wait, paying. Wait, who initiated the date? He did. He did. He did. Yes. Yeah. He. Yeah. No. He. Per, yeah. Like uh, the day after I met him, I. Yeah. Dude, what got, the heck's going on there then? I, I, I know. I got an email and then I had to cancel. I mean, and then if this were me, I would have. If I asked a girl out, not that I would. If I asked a girl out, uh, I mean, I have in the past. I'm married, but uh, if I did, I would have uh, been able to go. All right. Look, I'm going to pay for lunch. You know, I'm asking you out. I'm the one that's putting you up here, if you will, and and you're spending time with me. So I, why why did he not pay for lunch? See, that's, you know what? That would be mine. And I did notice, and I hate to say this, he wasn't a very good tipper. Really? Yeah. Uh, what did you notice? He wasn't what? a very good tipper. Oh, he was a bad tipper. That tells you a lot of what you tipper. need to know. Oh. Yeah, I, I know. I was a little disappointed. I wonder if he's a bad anything else. He's a nice guy, and he's, he's had some interesting stories. 
Yes. Uh, and now he's got an additional interview. Yeah, maybe he's about to get one more. Blade <laughs> on uh, on the radio. Excellent. Uh, hey, Chris Paddock, can we? Uh, you put together today's top five. Do you want to? Can we? You want to do that tomorrow back to back with the lost in four hundred eight thing? That is uh, perfectly fine with me. Of Excellent. course. It's awesome. my honor. All right, Chris Paddock, program director. Thank, Thank you. you, sir. All right. You're welcome. Uh, we'll do the. Uh, do See, the he thinks it was here. positively wholesome. Hello. Hi, uh, Rick Emerson. Show Instapol. Uh, is the guy uh, probably covering up the existence of some girlfriend? Um, I do not think so. I think he probably just got out of the relationship. Why? That's why probably he was so cautious of how he was conversing with her. Because he's uh, been hurt, Sarah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so you believe it probably just got out, therefore gun-shy, therefore didn't bring up? Yes. All right. Thank you. I have to say, too, like, when I met up with him, because he's a very confident person, and when I did meet up with him, I have to say, like, I thought I was kind of taken off guard because he did seem a little nervous. Well, if only you could so maybe, heal him, Sarah. Oh God. He needs a nurturing touch. I need no. I need no more fixer uppers. Hi, you're on the uh, you're on the Rick Emerson show Instapol. Uh, Sarah's date is the guy uh, maybe uh, covering up a secret girlfriend. Hello, hi. Hello. Hi. Yes. What secret is your girlfriend. take? What is your take on the Instapol, sir? I just say I think she, he does have a boyfriend. You were saying in the date, you yes. guys discussed jobs. Yes. So obviously you talked about the radio show. If he was listening, do you think he'd call in and say he doesn't have a a girlfriend to defend himself? No, but he has. He stays up late nights. So I don't even think he's awake. He's uh, he keeps vampire hours. So maybe he uh, maybe he doesn't even know that the uh, you know that there is a question about that. He might think that it's just understood one way or the other. All right, excellent. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. Uh, hi, Rick Emerson. Show Instapol. Uh, what is your take on the date? Well, well, Rick. You see, and, and Sarah, I'm really sorry, but day dates are are kind of friend zone. Oh no! Don't be sorry. No, it was it was a good time regardless. This is a, what a day date? A day date? Yeah. A right. Day date. Kind of a friend zone kind of move. I, that's just my personal. Well, feeling. except that she, you know, Sarah has to get up at like four in the morning, uh, and so she goes to bed, and we all go to bed pretty early. So he might know that a nighttime date is just out of the question. Sure, sure, but I think that that, that I don't know. It's hard to say, but I, I think day dates are friend zones. All right, excellent. Thank you. Thank all you. Right, we'll do a, a few more here. Hi, Rick Emerson, show Instapol. Uh, what is your take on the date? Absolutely, unquestionably, yes, he's hiding something. All right. Possibly a girlfriend. <laughs> Possibly a dead body. <laughs> Possibly underneath some concrete in the basement. Thank you. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show Instapol. What is your take on the date? Girlfriend or not? Um, I think he's got a girlfriend. Or Actually, I don't think he has a technical girlfriend. I think he's just playing the field. And the fact that she... Can we double bleep that to make sure? Thank you. All right, thank you. Thanks, thanks so much. Please don't say that. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show Instapol. Uh, what is your take on the uh, date, non-date? Hello there. Hi. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello. Yes, it's you, sir. Uh, what is your take on the date, sir? Uh, I'm kind of uh, with, with the first lady that called. He could be just new out of the relationship and uh, just kind of cautious of how he's speaking about himself, or this is just a real soft date just to kind of see if he's uh, interested. A, a testing the waters date. A testing the waters date, right. or he might be in a couple of casual things that aren't really related. There you go. Maybe he's seeing many people, Sarah, and he just therefore he, but he doesn't want to reveal well, that's that because. Just fine. I wish I would have gotten a free meal out of it, though. Excellent. Thank you. All right. All right. Do one more. One more. Final uh, call. Hi, Rick Emerson Show Instapol. Uh, what is your take on Sarah's date? Uh, is there probably a girlfriend somewhere or not? Uh, I don't know about the girlfriend, but I think he's just misrepresented and turned into a date on the fly. Do you, do you think, so he's trying to indicate that it's not a date when it really is? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like, you know, just kind of trying to sneak a date in on her and get to know her. Excellent. Doesn't mean he's got a girlfriend, but just some people are like that. All right. Excellent. Thank you. All right, all right, there you go. That's all true, because right. there is the sneaky date. It is true. Well, he's kind of backing into it then. Or when you have, like, a guy friend, he's like, oh, let's meet up for coffee. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's like, oh, you want to go grab a movie? And before you know it, you're in the midst of a date. Right, I don't think it was a date. Though. I think it was just hanging out. 
Like he doesn't work in the middle of the day. I don't work in the middle of the day. A couple beers. You skate. I skate. <laughs> we we could get together skate. and be a skating team. Uh, Greg Nibbler, can you let these folks know that we're going to move on from the interval? Thank you to everybody who called uh, for that. We will uh, undoubtedly revisit this at, uh, at some point. It's 503-228-4101. When we return, Tim Riley gives you news you cannot possibly use, as I think Drew Curtis once said. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Now broadcasting everywhere at all times to everyone in accordance with prophecy. Oh, my God. I thought you were going to say nipples. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It is Wednesday morning. At the news desk, ladies and gentlemen, your personal savior, the one and only Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Well, how would you like to have the misfortune of owning a home in Phoenix? Housing prices there dropped 51%. That would be unfortunate. That would be unfortunate. Sorry, Chris Paddock. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't think he lives in Phoenix proper. Well, had a home in Phoenix. he uh, well, is that not? I thought it was. Is it uh, is it somewhere else? I thought I, it, I was it was in Phoenix out, proper. I believe it was outside of that. Well, well what I is could it? Be wrong. Well, I don't look. I don't mean to dwell on an unpleasant subject for anybody, but I, why? I mean, why Phoenix? Like, why is it so bad? Well, because the, the economy was mostly related to the, uh, constant construction, and when the market for home construction goes uh, down, so does the whole economy. There's nothing there? else there. It's a desert. Yeah, no, it is a desert and like a thousand degrees. I had a layover there this weekend. It yeah. was just, and I made the misfortune. I walked outside the airport terminal for a second. Wonder what the weather's like. You know, you just, you go outside, it's a blast furnace. Yeah. Just in your face and you just, you duck back inside. Let's do a Britney watch. Here's your yes. Britney watch for Wednesday on the Rick Emerson radio show. Part one, Sam Lefty will have to stay away from Brittany for the next few years. They got a restraining order going. Lefty and attorney John Erdley were both ordered to stay at least 100 yards away from her house or workplace. Uh, the restraining order expires in 2012. It said the man must stay away from Brittany's two children, her ex-husband, Kevin Federline's house, or any other family member's residences. The conservatorship requests the restraining order after Lefty and Erdley allegedly tried to contact Brittany Without consent. Lefty and Erdley, mornings on. <laughs> it sounds like a Nashville uh, morning show duo. Also, it, 100 yards seems a little weird. Like, if the, if the theory is that some guys nutty or unstable or possibly violent, mm-hmm. seems like you could be pretty violent from 100 yards away. I think they, it's usually 100 yards for the restraining orders. Yeah, they, they make things uh, now that'll, uh, that'll, that'll do stuff from more than 100 yards oh, away. Geez. I'm just saying. All right, here's Tim Riley. Uh, American Idol host Ryan Seacrest broke the alleged news on his alleged L.A. radio show. <laughs> Where he claims he heard information from a reliable source that Britney Spears is pregnant again. Not this gossip is true. It is unclear who the father is, as Britney is reportedly single despite rumors that she's romancing one of her circus tour backup dancers. Uh, her singer's ex-hubby, that term you hate, Kevin Federline, who was also accompanying the star on the tour, could also be the father despite him having a new girlfriend. She's also been linked to uh, Paris Hilton's former beau, Benji Madden. <laughs> is that the guy from Good Charlotte? I'm not sure. Sarah Dillon? Uh, yes, he's the um, the one that has all the neck tattoos. He's the one that didn't knock up. Uh, is he the fat one? He's not fat anymore. No, okay, he looks but kind of the one that was like, And he's bald. Was... 
<laughs> so he's, he's emaciated and bald. Well he's done, He's the bald, Brittany. uglier twin. <laughs> uh, that's fantastic. Way to pick him. Or it could be her own manager, John Trawick. She gets around. Seriously. Yeah, I think Or how uh, about the ex-manager, Sam Lefty, who we were just speaking of? God almighty. She's like an AM, PM. Uh, all right. Well, whatever. I, I mean, think like she's going to be on Maury in the morning. Her spokesman so says, quote, she's definitely not pregnant. <laughs> I have no idea where this ridiculous rumor came from. She's definitely not showing her vagina to everybody either. I don't know why people keep saying that. Oh, do, oh OMG. For the love of God. What? 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 I can't believe I just forgot this. Speaking of vagina, did you have... Yeah. Oh, the, the, the video? Yeah. Have you seen that video that came out today of Britney performing and that you can see a tampon string? No, I put that on my blog yesterday. Okay, you, you don't... T- I'm sorry. We're in the same room for forever. You don't tell. We you don't send an email. Oh no, yeah, it's just, it's swinging about. Tim, have you have you seen it? I haven't, but I won't waste another moment not looking at it. Okay, you, we'll, uh, we'll look at it during the break. It's quite something. It's a big white string hanging hanging big right out of that area. String. That's a uh, the Britney no, watch. Nickel Arcade closes on our Britney watch with their song "Vodka in Heaven." Yeah, I had somebody send that to me uh, yesterday. It's uh, it's exactly what it what it seems to be. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. I have a few more news stories with Tim Riley, and we will wrap everything up uh, straight ahead. It is Rock 101 KUFO. One-stop shopping for all your cult-like devotion. Nazis have boobs, too. RickEmerson.com We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Show. Be sure to join us tomorrow when our guests will include uh, Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week and Chris Cornell of uh, Soundgarden, Audio Slave, and Chris Cornell. <laughs> Chris Cornell of Chris Cornell. Chris Cornell, who is really, I mean, his defining moment was uh, being the guy who stands outside on the sidewalk in singles when the car stereo blows the windows. I up. can't wait to ask him about singles. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really it's just going to be nothing but singles questions. Singles and toast. Tim Riley, what were today's biggest news stories? Well, I'll tell you. Uh, two Northwest Airlines employees of PDX admit to spe- stealing hundreds of items from passengers' luggage and selling them on eBay. Uh, Portland Craigslist talker gets 25 years, and a Kent Washington man is arrested for allegedly posting an ad on Seattle's Craigslist looking for a woman he could have sex with and then murder, and he was going to charge her for it. Did he describe the, uh, the the way in which he was going to murder her? I mean, I'm not asking to know what it was, but I mean, I, were I there details? I believe he was found with chains and tape. Well, okay, then. Uh, this is like that conversation we had with the guy in Eugene who wanted to be eaten a few years ago. Do you That's remember that? That's what Kip reminded me of, too, yeah. Uh, whatever happened to that guy? Well, there's plenty of good eating out there. I suppose there is, Tim. On that note, uh, we will bring a curtain down on this uh, installment of the Rick Emerson Show. We want to thank Cena Radio Correspondent Dick Uliano, uh, as well as Spike from Spike and Mike's Twisted Festival of Animation. Uh, Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day with the lovely and talented Sarah Exfilin. For Rock 101 KUFO in the newsroom, Tim Riley. On the phones, Greg Nibbler of the Nibblonians. Uh, the gatekeeper is Dave Zinn. The webmistress, Bridget from upstairs. CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan Don't F With Me Reynolds. Executive producer, Christopher J. Paddock. Uh, coming up next, Smells Like the 90s with our good friend Buzz. It is April 29th, 2009, and that is the frequency. Kenneth, thank you for listening. Be safe. See you all tomorrow. Bye. Do I really have a face like a 